Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 443 for the week. What week is it? Of October 14th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier. Joining me today is everybody. Pascal Takaya. Hi. Hi. Josh Carpenter. First time. Hi. Kelly Ryan. 80th Hi. time. I don't know what time it is. Oh, wait. It's it's 1120. Cool. Um, <laughs> Anna Marie Privetier. Hey. Hi. Alice Wilkinson. Hey. Oh, you sound sad. Hey, I did call in sick to work on Friday. Oh, I'm still right. not feeling 100%. So. Anna almost called in sick to this podcast. Yeah. Well, so did I, but I've not been on for a while, so. Alice, I'm sorry. I'm too excited. Let's talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Oh my gosh. The patch came. Woo! Yeah, the patch certainly did. <laughs> Hey, so, it wasn't me who it wasn't me who did the sitting around for it. So, yeah. So, like, um, our our Final Fantasy fourteen uh, free company um, participated in the big uh, real estate grab over in the the far east, and we moved our house. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I heard that player housing was all messed up. I it wasn't messed. It wasn't messed up. It was just scarce. Was it? That's okay. So we're on one of the servers where housing is bad and hard to get. Yep, um, and Leviathan's busy. Not as busy as like Balmung or Gilgamesh or something, but you know, fairly busy. So all I know is I logged in on Tuesday night, and we had a new house in the new area. It's beachfront property, and it seemed like well, we did pretty good. We didn't have the guild to upgrade to a large house, but hey, at least uh, yeah, but we got a good again, spot. Getting getting a large house would have been really difficult because there's even less of those. Okay. So I just want all the uh, extra vendors. The person, the person that you have to thank for it is uh, Junko Byrne, mm-hmm. who has been awarded a special title in recognition <laughs> for winning the Shiragane Housing War. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I basically I created a free company rank and assigned her to it. <laughs> so how does uh, uh, how did the housing war work? Uh, basically, first come, first serve. Okay. As soon as the servers open. Jeez. Yeah, uh, on some servers it was a complete bloodbath. We have a really good spot. We're near the the place where you buy resident item residential items. We're on mm-hmm. beachfront. Like literally, I ran out the door and then down the beach, and I was in the water swimming. It's like this is this is a good spot. Like the only problem is you're a little bit close to the main thoroughfare, but you know it's fine. So you got you got access. So yeah, no, we we got a prime spot of real estate. Um, Junko did real do, real good. Uh, they were on they're on a they were on a two week holiday, so they were able to uh, wake up in time for the servers to open. Because mm. the servers opened at like four a.m. U.S. time. Oh jeez. But Junko is a fellow Brit. Ah, that helps. Like eleven. It was like eleven o'clock in the morning. Nice. So, yeah, Bonus. we won. <laughs> now. The thing is, a lot of people have been very angry about this one. Uh, so much so that Yoshi P has to uh, issue a statement basically saying, yeah, we, we kind of screwed up on that. We're, 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 we're going to put some more housing wards in. Why are and people possibly... mad? What happened? Well, because one, um, people had issues signing in from things like uh, server queues and things like that. The launcher crashing because the launcher does that occasionally. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and also, that there are only so many houses added per server in Shiragane. Hmm. So, there was going to be some people who lost out. <laughs> I know, I mean, I'm on at least three Discord channels that with play, people who play Final Fantasy XIV, and we were one of the few who actually did get a house. Ooh. What's up with uh, well, because a lot of a number of them play on really busy servers, like even busier than Leviathan. So you're Leviathan's telling me they were already... they were full in minutes? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, stuff vanished within like first two minutes of the servers being open. I didn't know they were going like for a BlizzCon ticket situation. Yeah, no, they were. Ugh. It was that. I mean, the only consolation in some cases is Patch 4.1 did introduce a housing relocation system. Um, so. Uh, instead of having to buy a plot of land, build a new house, um, we basically just transferred our existing one, which is the other reason why we didn't go for a large house, because we wouldn't be able to transfer anything. I'm watching you a YouTube video of titled Shirogane EX Savage Mode, Belmung Housing yeah. War. <laughs> it's just them going through the queue, trying to get a house. It doesn't help that, um, well, Chiragane is really popular. Like, a lot of people really liked its design when it was revealed when the, the uh, expansion came out. So, you know, I can understand why, and I can understand why the developers have issued a statement saying, you know, we, we, uh, we screwed up a little bit. We're going to try and do some more before the next patch comes out, the next major patch. Um, Holy crap, which I think this is... person was trying to log in when the patch went live. By the time they got in, every plot was gone. Yep. Wow. We're very lucky. <laughs> yeah, we are. Jeez. It's just so, amusing to me because how finding a house in real life is savage, too. Well, yeah, I, I, I went through that like three years ago. But... The time scale is a little bit more relaxed in real life. Depending yeah, a little you bit. Live. You say that um, husband and I looked at a house that was listed that morning and it was sold by that afternoon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think your perception of the way that housing sales work, Chris, is a little warped because we bought a house from a friend. Hey, Hannah. And you live Hannah? in Madison. Hannah? Your mic is not yeah. picking you up. There you go. <laughs> Your perception of housing sales is really warped, Chris. Oh. Because one, you live in Madison. Well, listen. And two, you bought a house from a friend. That said, Kelly did say it was sold by afternoon, which is a little bit more than mi minutes. Mm-hmm. That's she had well, hours. Like, what's her excuse? Well, like, you should yeah, have been on. But... <laughs> really, Chris? <laughs> really? If you had hours in fourteen, you'd be happy. There's, there's no slow parts of getting. Kelly, do you want me to go of... over there and and smack him for you? Yeah, please do. Because no, no, no. <laughs> I need to, I I need to take the camera with me, don't I? No, don't do that. I'm sorry. So um, I mean, I mean, you got to book the realtor. You got to take time off work. <laughs> I mean, the patch did have some other stuff in it, but most people were distracted by the housing situation. Uh... Like it, it had the uh, the first um, 
the twenty the first of the new twenty four man raid, the return to Ivalus, where the Final Fantasy fourteen version of Ramza's a complete dickweed. Eh, I mean who saw that coming? I'm sorry. Say say what? What's going on? The the, the return to Ivalus raid. Okay. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet because it's a yeah. raid. But Yeah, twenty four man. Mm-hmm. I haven't even unlocked yeah, it. To... I think I got to do more story quests first. Uh, you do have to finish the Stormblood story. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, the the quest one lockets in um, uh, what's it called? Kugane. Oh, okay, I just haven't found the quest. I should just walk yeah. over and talk to him. Yeah, no, it's fa it's fairly straightforward. It's in the markets in Kugane to unlock. Okay. Is it any um, good? Is it? I haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. It's I've a only done the four-man raid, so that must be yeah. weird. I haven't done any of those. No, they're fun. They're generally easier than the eight-man ones. The uh, uh, the ones like the Omega series. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, because they also introduced a uh, an alliance raid roulette as well as part of the daily roulette set, which is cool because it offers buckets of EXP on a every day. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. Yeah, no, I thought so. I would so think it why would take is Razmat dick? Oh, they basically the um the, like the story of uh, the Zodiac Braves, which I think is the the name of the story in Final Fantasy Tactics, is like a Galian fairy tale in the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, but the opening quests feature the theater ship Prima Vista. Stop me if you've heard this somewhere before. Final Fantasy Nine. Yep. Uh, uh, visiting uh, Kugane, and um, basically you end up visiting the ruins of the royal city of Rabanastra, which also happens to exist in Final Fantasy XV's universe. Is Bash von Ronsenberg there? Not yet. Of Dalmasca? The two of the characters that you interact with are uh, Alma and Ramza, who are both... They're both what? From the Empire. Oh, They're both okay. Guardians. Oh, alright. Uh, is a bit of a douche. What? That's not right. At least so far. I'm going to assume there's going to be some character development here. These 24-man raids usually are uh, usually like three parts long and come out in like alternating patches after the first one. So there'll be another one in 4.3 or whatever. Good times. Yeah. But of course, nobody really cares because, you know, uh, housing, housing. <laughs> I, uh, I did, the, uh, there was a new thing with the, your adventure squadron. Oh so yeah. I actually cool. did a dungeon with my adventure squadron. It was kind of cool. It was like, um, it's kind of like in final fantasy 11 where you have, uh, the, uh, the parties Drops. full of bots. Yeah. And, uh, it worked and it's funny to see how they've, uh, adjusted things to work. Basically, if your adventure squadron stands where they're not supposed to stand in boss fights, it kind of doesn't matter. Um, and there are boss mechanics that you just can't do with that party, so they kind of you just <laughs> you just have to burn down the fight. Like I was doing the um, one of the fights where usually there's all these flames coming in from the sides, and you have to kill the flames, otherwise they they reach the boss in the center and it does tons of damage to your party. And oh, I, yeah. I couldn't tell them what to do, so we literally just had to burn the boss down before we all died from DOEs. You can use the uh, you can use the engage command to get them to switch stuff around, but uh, the whole point the whole point is um, the 
as you do the dungeons with them, they start learning like tactics and stuff like that. Yeah, and that engage command commands all of them. And yeah. in this mechanic, you're supposed to all split up and do different ones Although at the same time. Someone noticed, <laughs> someone noticed somewhat curiously, I don't know if it's been hotfixed yet, that um, the uh, engage command also seems to reset like a couple of cooldown timers on a couple of your, your NPCs. Oh, funny. Yeah, that'll get so patched. So it's possible to use uh, <laughs> the archer one to like infinity barrage and clear stuff out really quickly. I've heard people are clearing uh, the stone vigil normally take at least 20 minutes and yeah. like less than cool yeah i'm still trying to figure out what the benefit to me is from bothering with the adventure squadron dungeons but um hey you got you get a couple of cool emotes when you've done 10 of them oh okay well that's you, get, you finally get you finally get the squat emote oh really <laughs> yeah Shit, that's that's worth it right there that's very important yeah, if you haven't you played fourteen, <laughs> there's so this Final Fantasy seven squat emote is all throughout Final Fantasy fourteen. They just they have it literally everywhere. There's characters always doing it, um, and you can't <laughs> until yeah, now. Yeah, well you can now. They've also got the push up emote as well. Excellent. <laughs> See, when you said squat emote, I thought you was talking about that thing that L from Death Note does, but oh no. <laughs> Not the Zack. Yeah, no, it's the Zack and Cloud squat from Final Fantasy VII squat. I see. Sadly, you don't get ladies' underwear as, an, as a reward for it. But, you know, what happens in Wall Street Market stays in Wall Street Market. All right. Well, what else happened in fourteen? important um oh i'm i'm going crazy with airships still um we've got a people we have like a goal of actually getting the shirogani housing the castle housing exterior now at least everybody i don't know if you want it alice but everyone else seems to yeah no i i, I wouldn't mind having it because it makes our house look like gigantic even though it wouldn't actually add any space to it um but, uh, yeah, you have to get synthetic resin, and the airship system is a real bore for getting synthetic resin. And, uh, yeah, so airship grinding, that's what I'm up to now. Just keep building airships and sending them out. <sighs> and then there's a new dungeon I haven't done yet, and there's... Uh, don't story. worry, I haven't, done it. I haven't done it yet either, but I have just hit Paladin level 70. What am me. Here's what I'm wondering. Did they do anything that makes it easier to get, um, like, 320 gear or anything with this patch? I don't think so. Uh, I actually don't know, because I oh, haven't really looked. I do know. They got rid of the uh, weekly limit on Omega items. Omega? Not, is it Omega? <laughs> yeah, Deltascape Omega. items. Yeah. yeah, the Deltascape stuff. So instead of only being able to get one drop a week from each fight, you could just grind the fights now. Not that that's really fun, but uh, if you really want to get that gear... More more quickly you can. All right, so that's fourteen. Housing, housing, housing drama. Um, what else did you play, Alice? Um, the uh, there was a major Warframe update a couple of days ago. Okay. Um, they finally released like their first um open world style area. Like a like a ground settlement to go with it. So rather than the whole being a 
Space Ninja and going through narrow corridors on spaceships and stuff like that. Um, they now have a an area on Earth which is staffed with NPCs, which all have like sort of side questy sort of things, uh, and also like a very expansive open world map to go and hunt in, which is pretty cool. All right. Um, I haven't actually done that much with it yet. Uh, you know, I sort of dived in, got the new frame, did stuff like that. Uh, the new frame is called Gara and has a glass theme. Okay. Do you have more so. new dogs? Sorry? Do you have new dog things? Oh, well, the Kubros. I don't think there are any new ones, but there is a pen full of baby Kubros inside Ooh. the little village. Okay. And they look really cute. Excellent. Um, and yeah, the other thing I've been playing now this is a little weird and I don't know why the hell I went back to it, but I decided to, um, sign back into Elite Dangerous. I assume that's because it's good. Well, you like playing it? <laughs> there was, there was a new, there was a new patch fairly recently, but what I decided to do, I was like, mm, I've, I've got a small amount of money. What I really want is a large amount of money. Okay. Uh, so the first thing I did was I kitted out an explorer ship. And I went and ran something called the uh, um, the Road to Riches, which is uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a listed. It, it's it's got a. It, it's basically a uh, the Road to Riches Pathfinder, and it's a list of 550 uh, water, rare metal, or Earth-like planets in a long list, all sort of in a like go from point A to point B to point C sort of thing. Okay. The idea is you, you go to those systems, you get a detailed scan of the world in question. Uh, each one you get is worth quite a lot. Um, I went from numbers uh, 78 to 102 on the list today, and that was worth 10 million. And you bought a Federal Corvette. I don't have the rank for that. Oh, okay. Uh, what I then did was I kitted out a ship for passenger missions and then just ran lots of those uh, until I ended up with about, like, say, 300 million or something. So I forget, is this game single player? Uh, I've been playing it single player for the most part. Okay. So you can play um, both? Or does it... Well, the, it's not the like idea a persistent is, world, right? Well, no, it is a persistent world, but you can play it single player. So you could... Uh, as in, you can play it without seeing other players, sort of thing. Uh huh. But the world persistence remains. Sure. Uh, can, and then when I I'm, when what I, I finish, mean is, can actions you take affect the game for other people? Uh, yes. Oh. Because um, the things like community goals and things you can still do in single player. Okay. Um. So what it ended was um there was a recent patch as I mentioned which um furthered the alien storyline that's currently going on. Uh, so once I got myself a bigger ship, I decided to go out to the Pleiades cluster and actually go and look at some aliens, at which point they shot me. <laughs> so, mission accomplished. I guess, I guess. so. <laughs> I did get to uh, grab um, a, a, an important material that allowed me to unlock um, one of the engineers, which are people who can customize your um, modules so that they can be better. Do you play this in VR by any chance? I don't have a VR headset oh. yet. I asked you to buy re buy me one. Remember? Oh, right. Uh huh. I'll get right on. That. And you said and you said no. Yeah. 
because you're a jerk. I am. Uh, and then I did I did a little bit more exploration and a few more passenger missions, bought an even bigger ship, so I now have one of the big three. And now I just go around doing some exploring and stuff. Like that spooky Inra base that was added in patch 2.4. I visited there yesterday with a couple of friends. All right. Good stuff. What's going on in EVE right now? That's what I want to know. Eh, I've not really paid attention to it All for right. like the last eight months. All right. Fine. The, uh, the person who made the big coffee table book is making a podcast now. So the... Uh, well, I linked you to it, but uh, for people who... Yeah. Who are interested, you can go to soundcloud.com slash empires of Eve. You can, they've got a whole history lecture thing going on with uh, the venal civil war. So you can li listen to lots of uh, stories from the early days of Eve. Um, and they're, they're interesting. He's doing a good job of, uh, of telling it, but uh, he didn't put out an episode the last couple of weeks. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, if you're into, into weird space politics, totally e go listen to that. Eve online stories fasc fascinate the exactly. hell out of me. Yeah. Or just go buy the book and read the book, Empires of Eve. Either way. Um, all right. That's Alice. Um, so I guess since I popped my Final Fantasy fourteen, let me tell you, Divinity Original Sin 2, I haven't had much time to play it this week because I've been fixing Anna Marie's computer. Anna Marie complained to me, hey, my motherboard keeps dropping Ethernet connections. Fix this crap or I'm divorcing you. She didn't quite say it like that. And so I, uh, I proceeded to fix it by replacing her motherboard and breaking her video card, which is a mm. really good strategy for fixing a computer. Right, Anna? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that means we got video card upgrades in the house. Woo! It's a good way to get a new video card. Yeah, I did least. not do this on purpose, but uh, we, we ran the numbers and we said, okay, we can buy a replacement card. You could buy the same card for the same price it would cost to buy a current generation card that's just as powerful, or we just upgrade mine like I've wanted to do for a while but have not decided to spend the money on, and then give you my old one. So now Anna's rocking a 970, I'm on a 1070, and oh my gosh, the frames. And uh, everyone's happy. They all got new video cards. Um, and that's why I haven't played much of any original Sin 2. I'm just glad that I'm not the only gaming wife that revels in getting their husband's hand-me-downs. I'm I'm surprised she didn't make me give her the 1070, honestly. But uh, <laughs> she she was very nice. Because <laughs> at that point, if she said it, I would have to give it to her. <laughs> so since I broke her damn computer. <laughs> um. Ah. Uh, so now Anna, uh, and, you know, throughout this whole thing. I had to reset her windows to try and make things work. There was a call to Microsoft to do a license or to get things activated. It was real fun, let me tell you. And uh, now Anna's complaining because, you know, Google Chrome isn't set up right and her start menu bar is wrong. And so, you know, new computer woes. Um, uh, so what I have actually made progress through is Anna Marie have a new tradition. Uh, we listen to an audiobook and I play uh, Switch in bed. And so I've been making my way through Golf Story. And uh, let me tell you, Golf Story is a game that does things you don't expect a golf game to do. Um, golf Story, 
Anna, what do you think about Golf Story from what you've seen me play? It's crazy. <laughs> I think, what was your comment to me last night? When do you play actual golf? Well, I, Anna, you don't understand. Preparing f- to become a pro golfer just involves a lot of things that y- you might not think. So at, at you face had to value. solve a murder mystery. We've got mysteries. We've got you know, rap battles. Um, that I had to to fight enemy crabs. Um, a lot of things happened and and are continuing to happen during my journey to become a golf master. Um, I have to dig holes with my golf clubs. I have to start fires. Um, there are frozen people. It, there's a lot of things going on, all right? And it, I think you just don't respect the sport by, by, by complaining, why am I not playing golf? You just don't understand the hardships that one has to endure before they're ready to play golf on a pro level. You know? No? All right. No, I can confirm. Like, golf... Crazy things can happen on a golf course. Like yeah. when I was in high school on the golf team, we had there, there was that time I got chased by a bunch of uh, I accidentally hooked a, a shot off into the uh, the uh, car lot that was next door to the golf course, and they I got chased by the people coming out of the car lot. Ooh, or there nice. was the time yeah. my friend, yeah, and there was the time my friend tried to drive a golf cart across a frozen lake, and that went about <laughs> as well as you'd expect. We ended up having to like put our belts together to try and use another golf cart to tow it out. Oh yeah, that was fun. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> See, crazy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But have you ever had a golf rap battle? No. Okay, you haven't lived then. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you golf story. Say not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna happen soon. <sighs> If you're if you're on the edge about golf story, I do recommend it. Um, it is it, you're doing a lot of things other than just playing golf. Uh, if you don't want to play golf, then fine. Maybe you do want to avoid it, but because you do have to play golf sometimes. But uh, uh, it's funny. I really like it. <laughs> it's way more, there's just so much more writing in that game than you think it has any right to have. And uh, yeah, whatever. I'll probably finish it this week, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, that's it for me, Anna Marie. What you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Record Keeper. <laughs> yeah, so there was like a big thirtieth um, anniversary event because it's the thirtieth anniversary of Final Fantasy this year. Mm-hmm. Yay! Feels like it was just the twenty fifth anniversary, like five years ago. No. It's typically how anniversaries work. They do happen annually. Yeah. <sighs> you might be onto something. <sighs> so you get any good loot? Yeah. So there what was a big it? draw where it was like you got 30 things and I got, uh, I think, three or four different six stars. So that was cool. That made me very happy. Um, but then I realized that my Final Fantasy VII team has gotten pretty powerful. So I have like two three characters at this point that are now over level 80 and so i was like you know i've just never really kind of gone through all of the realms and just seen what stuff i can do and so i started kind of going through all the realms and seeing what stuff that i could do so my stamina went from 141 to 149 so there was a lot of stuff that i could do you did a lot yeah yeah 
So I've been playing a lot of what, that this week. What is week. this game, though? Final Fantasy Record Keeper. I don't know how to explain Record Keeper at this point. It, it's basically a mobile game that is Final Fantasy's greatest hits. Um, it goes through the entire series. Uh, all of the mo- or pretty much all of the classic boss battles are in there. Yes, and you get to recruit classic Final Fantasy characters and level up, level them up, and customize them. And it's one of the few mobile games that I've put an ungodly amount of hours into just because it's so relaxing to hop in a dungeon and clear it and get a whole bunch of cool loot. You can equip people with abilities. So what you do is you can attack or defend or you can use some of your abilities. And so... um, it's like the ATB system, so the bar fills up, and when the bar fills up, it's your turn, and um, it's like active battle, so the enemies also have like an invisible bar, and it's moving, and so they're going, and so, yeah. It's hard to explain. And then once a day, you get to pull from a little table, and you might get a one-star thing, or a two-star thing, or you can get up to a six-star thing. And the thing could be a weapon, or it could be an armor. And as you do battles, you might get accessories. And so you equip your characters with weapons and armor and accessories. And you can level up your armor and uh, weapons. And once they're at max level, you can also combine together your armor and weapons. And that will increase their rarity. So you might be able to pull a four-star sword and combine it together with another identical four-star sword, and then it will become a five-star sword. So this has been around for, what, years already? Yeah, yep. A couple of years. A couple of years at this point. I, I mean, um, I, I, don't, I don't play mobile, but that might explain why I've never heard of it. <laughs> I mean, it is a really fun game, so if you have a smartphone or a tablet, it's free. You could download it and give it a try. And it's it's money making gimmick is that the weapons do have a gotcha mechanic, but you can save up enough in game currency to do pulls, and they have special half off uh, pulls all the time. So the idea is that you pretty much just save up your mithril. That's the currency, they're the in game currency to do pulls and you pretty much just save up your mithril for these special events where they have half price pulls and you can get 11 pulls for 25 mithril and get you can get pretty decent equipment that way and this 30th anniversary event had one free 30 item pull which was kind of neat meanwhile i'm a dirty heathen who plays the other final fantasy mobile game uh, Mobius or Exvius? Yeah. Exvius. Okay. <laughs> well, so, someone's got to play Exvius. Yeah, I know. Not, I, um, <laughs> what's the one with the the heroes or all the bravest or something like that? Oh, yeah, there's also so, all the yeah, bravest. Well, but I think that's done. No, that all one. the bravest is done because it doesn't work with... Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't keep that one going. Yeah, it, that, the one doesn't work with... Um, iOS 11. iOS 11. So Exvius, there was, yo, was actually something that did happen with Exvius recently, actually. I don't think oh. I mentioned it, because I don't think I've been on the cast since it happened. But um, uh, basically, someone actually broke into the game servers a little while ago. 
the only thing that they seem to have done was give everyone 5,000 of the uh, currency, which is Lapis instead of Mithril. Excellent. Um, which is enough for a, uh, I think 5,000 is what a 11 pool costs normally in the game shop. Uh, and Gumi, the game's developers, were like, well, you know, we kind of really screwed up on this one. And when we say we screwed up, we really screwed up. Uh, so they gave everyone, I think it was in the last, in the last patch, they gave everyone a fairly generous compensation, uh, which did include a one guaranteed five-star ticket. Wait, so they screwed up by letting someone hack the servers and give them all free stuff. So to make up for them all getting free stuff, they got more free stuff? Yes. Okay, I'm just... So wait, not I'm only... trying to understand did, this. Not only did they let you keep the free stuff... They gave you even more free stuff. They gave you stuff. even yeah. more free stuff? Yeah. They, they didn't bother <laughs> removing the 5,000 lapis that people got. Um, and then they gave a shit ton of free stuff. As, as an Whoa. apology. I imagine that the logistics of doing a rollback on that was just going to be too much for them to handle. Oh, oh yeah, bro, I didn't even probably. think about that. Yeah, I mean, it would have been... They would probably would have had to roll the database, like the entire database back. Yeah. Probably a good amount of time, and there would be people that would be really pissed if they'd done that. You know, imagine if you pulled a five-star, which is the highest you can pull from the gashes. The highest units can go is six, but you have to go from five, as it were. Um, but yeah, imagine if you pulled a five star and then, you know, you, you you got that screwed out of you by a database rollback. That would kind of suck. Yeah, there'd be tears. But then as part of the compensation, they gave everyone a free five star. I pulled um, <laughs> I pulled Ace from um, Final Fantasy Type Zero. Oh, I'm cool. sorry. He's actually a fairly decent character. In oh, Exodus. okay. All right, good. The only five star that the only five five star that people don't seem to like, like universally, is lightning. Lightning, okay. Yeah, because apparently she's crap. All right, it's not like like everyone else. Got, everyone else has gotten better. All right. And uh, lightning never was. They're still kind of waiting <laughs> for her to get buffed. All right. I don't think it's gonna happen. Personally, whatever. This fight See, that we're watching, Chris, is kind of amazing. Yeah, this is the Omega fight from the 30th anniversary. It's only only Uber people need apply for this. Yeah, this is Yeah, wild. I'm I'm only barely squeaking by like 160 difficulty fights for um level 3 mystery or what are the things that let you break the level cap? Uh yeah, I'm I blanking. know the memory crystals or whatever. Yeah, memory yeah. crystals. Um, the thing I will say about Exeus is, uh, I think, um, Record Keeper, I think, does kind of keep itself very much to Final Fantasy. Um, uh, Exeus has had cross some crossover events with other Square, Square Enix properties. Yeah. Uh, so at one point, they had the characters from, uh, Secret of Mana appear in they the They had Gacha. Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, right. they got Ariana Grande, and also, um... Uh, 2B9S, uh, 21O, Eve, and Adam from Near Automata. Oh, yeah, I remember okay. that. Where's Chrono Trigger? Uh, that's kind of one I really want, actually. Yeah. I know why that I one's really not there, because there's no new Chrono Trigger game, and there is a new Secret of Mana game. So. Yeah. The current the current event is actually a King's Glaive one. In fact, thinking about it... Thinking, There's a 15 event going on in Record Keeper right now, too. Uh, I just picked yeah, up Prompto on his cell phone. 
If there's actually um, a photography contest going on right now. <laughs> I mean, thinking about it, the only um, the only two games that XGS doesn't seem to have got characters in for is Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. I think. Really? Yeah, I'm there's pretty no sure. Cloud? Yeah, there's no cloud and there's no what? school. That's yeah, weird. I know. It's really weird. I don't even think the Japanese version has them either. What the heck are they holding on to those for, I wonder? I don't know. Um, I mean, Cloud and Squall are going to be the obvious five-star, six-star pulls in the gacha, but it's kind of weird that they've literally done nobody else. Yeah, because in Record Keeper, usually if the if they roll out like new level cap breaks, it's always Cloud and Squall that are first. Yeah, I think maybe it's because... Uh, Cloud's the Cloud first one you get in this game. I mm-hmm. think maybe it's because Cloud but he was wasn't originally like really, really well represented in Record Keeper. Yeah. So it's like if you want anyone else, like play play Exodus. Good point. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I played a little bit of Exodus, and to be honest, the only reason why I quit is because I'd put so much time into Record Keeper. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's that was I think that's my thing was um, I never got into Record Keeper that much. So who's in the Mobius? Um, uh, is that the one that I was playing for yeah, a while? Yeah, that's the one you were playing for a while. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem that I ended up having with Mobius is it got it got started way too slow. So they put out like the first two chapters and I really liked it and I was really into it. And so I finished the first two chapters and then for like three or four months, there was no new content. And so... I played it. Since then, that new content has come out. Yeah, but... but you haven't gone back to it. Right. So I kind of got burned on kind of just doing this filler content, and I was just like... And by the time the real content came back, I was like, I don't feel like playing this game anymore. So they lost me. Right. And that's kind of sad because... Sorry. That's kind of sad because the... um, Mobius looked really good. I downloaded the Steam version and played a little bit of it, and it's like I wish I had more time to play this because it looks really fun and flashy. But I don't have time to play this right now. Right. So I guess I should go back and give it a go. Uh, you just... don't have to. You got plenty of other things to right. play. Right. It's it's a that, matter of that aren't trying to steal your money. You right. know. It's a matter of where do I fit it into my schedule. So, all right, is anyone still playing Fire Emblem? Speaking of mobile games, yeah, I started. I st- I was playing that again this week as well. Ugh. Okay. I didn't even re-download that when I got my new phone. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah, I feel kind of done with it too. I'd rather play real Fire Emblem games. So they did a a bunch of free draws, and then they gave out like a whole bunch of free. Um, orbs, and so I had enough to draw like eight billion times. So I drew on like all six banners that were active. And your first draw on a new banner, banner in Fire Emblem now is free. Yes, that's cool too. So I just drew eight million people, and I finally got Takumi. Now that it's he's not useful anymore. Now that he's useless, yeah. Hooray! Good for you. Okay, uh, what else? Uh, did you play anything else, Anna? Yeah, I'm still playing through Mary Skelter, so I'm pretty sure I'm in the final dungeon. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm climbing the tower to get out of the jail. I think. I hope. Okay. So we're almost done with that. And then what are you moving on to? Uh, Danganronpa. Danganronpa V3, right? Yep. And then I have to decide which 3DS game I'm going to play. Okay. I haven't picked yet. Monster Hunter Stories? Mm, that's one of my choices. Yeah. Oh, which makes me think of Kelly. What have you been up to? Uh, Monster Hunter Stories. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm actually going to tr- probably end up finishing it either tonight or tomorrow. I'd like to finish it tonight because I'm going on a little road trip tomorrow and I'd like to be able to bring Stardew Valley with me to play that. But I believe I'm pretty close to the end of the game. Um, I've just about got the monster decks filled out completely. I have managed to catch pretty much one of every single monster in that game thus far. Cool. And the story has been just amazing. You know, I can't really get into get into it too much because of spoilers. But there was a cutscene last night that just made me go, "Oh crap." And yeah, I'm I've gushed I've gushed plenty about this game on the show before. I can't wait to finish it and see what the ending brings and oh I'll be sad that it's over, but I am kinda ready to move on to something else too. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially played, say what? You've played for a lot of hours. Yeah. Um I'm pretty sure my in-game clock has hit the 100 mark, but that's also because I had been leaving the game on during the day to do the uh, expedition parties while I'm at work. So once once I glance over and see that the time has gone up, just, okay, get my EXP, send them out again, that kind how of much, thing. How many hours is the actual story if you, if you don't do, if you don't try to finish your monster deck and all that? Um... I imagine that you could blow through the game pretty quickly if you weren't Define do, pretty going... quickly? Well, it's, that, it's kind of hard to tell. I'd 20 almost hours, to... 40 hours, 10 hours? Uh, Come on. Let's do how long to beat because my playthrough is not a good measure of this. And that, that's the thing is that it's... <laughs> When you get into the game and you really get into the exploration and the monster raising and stuff, all of a sudden your time just kind of expands and you don't even notice. Hang on. Hunter stories. Oh, I think I'll notice. That's what I'm worried about. See, the, uh, how long to beat is saying main story is 35 hours. There we go. That's the scale I'm looking for to figure out. So, there you go, Pascal. You gonna do it? I mean, are you getting into the exploration and stuff like that? Who are you asking? I haven't um, started. I'm. <laughs> I think if you're asking me, I haven't played it um, in a little bit. I don't know. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not feeling it. No, that's fine. But I'm waiting because you keep talking about the story and how great the story is, and I guess I haven't gotten to where it picks up yet. That's why I was asking how long. If I don't, if I don't bother with all the side content, however much of it I'm I'm able to skip, I don't know. 
just how long am I looking at? Because I, I love a good story. I'd love to play it if, if for the story alone, maybe. Hmm. I mean, it's really going to depend on how much you get into the exploration and stuff like that. And you do need to do side quests to get money. But a lot of the side quests are going to be monsters that you're going to be running into anyway. You know, usually when you get to a new area, the first thing you do is go to the quest board and pick up all the side quests. And most of them are usually just monster slaying ones. So while you're out and about doing the story objectives, you can just, you know, take a detour and slay some monsters and get your money and kind of go from there. So to give you an idea, last time I played, I just got to the part where you leave the starting village area. Yeah. Like where they give you permission to actually go mm-hmm. out of the... So I, I'm probably still at the very beginning. Yeah, that's the very beginning of the game. But the story's really going to pick up from there. I can't re- I'm blanking on the event that happens shortly after that. But then after you get to the main... Because you're going to go through a snow field and do some stuff there... And then you're going to go into the main city from the mainline Monster Hunter games. And that's where you meet with the Monster Guild and that stuff. And that's where the story really picks up and starts shining. Well, that sounds encouraging. Yeah. And once you get the ability to fly around in areas, you'll be able to skip over a lot of... The, I want to say terrain and stuff like that. Now, some areas you can't fly in. Like, I'm at this in game area that's this huge mountain that I can't fly in, but still, the, the, the flying around definitely helps. Cool. Alrighty. So, who's next here? Oh wait, I you're can not talk done. about yeah. Well, I can talk about Ease Eight, and that'll segue into uh, Jayscarp. Sweet. But uh, been playing more Ease Eight. I'm in Chapter Five right now. I just finished the Ghost Ship area and got some new got some new people in my camp. So I'm running around trying to unlock some of the areas of the map that were blocked off by how many people you have to have in your camp and just been kind of running around doing some side quests to get some more loot and stuff like that um i want to say that my map completion right now is at like 65 to 70 percent so i'm hoping to finish that one this week because i'm on vacation this week and i kind of i kind of want to finish this game and move on to something else. I mean, I'm not, not that I'm not enjoying it or anything. It's just, I don't know, not, not having that particular game on a portable and the fact that it's been a really, really long Yeez game compared to the other ones that I've been playing has been kind of a track. I'm kind of like, I kind of like my Yeez games a little bit more short and sweet, not 40 hour epics. Yeah. They've been going that way for quite a while now. Mm hmm. That has been the complaint online, like, you know, there's too much trails in ease. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that. 
Although, I don't know. It, at least the story itself has been... I've enjoyed it more than I did 7 in Celsetta. Yeah, the story has been really good, though. It being an, on an isolated island has kind of... I don't know, felt it made it feel a little bit more shallow than 7 in Celsetta. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, yeah, well, you know, the stories are always just an excuse for Adol to go running around killing things. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm still enjoying it, though. Yeah, there was a podcast I was listening to where they were talking about reading E's reviews. And they were saying, like, all the reviews you read, they read like a six. And then you get to the end of the review and they give it a nine. <laughs> <sighs> and. That drives me well, bananas. <laughs> it's like, well, this I mean, game is great. I really had fun playing it. Six out of ten. It's like, what? <laughs> Where did that score come from? Well, Ease is kind of one of those weird ones where, like, you know, the graphics are not going to be amazing. Like this one, it, it, you know, I'm playing it. It kind of reminds me like of PS3 level graphics. Mm -hmm. and, and the story is just, it's okay it's not not amazing but then you know the all the other little parts just add up to make a really much better whole than the individual things are the combat is so good the 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 soundtrack is always just awesome and rocking there's nothing like getting in the middle of a heated battle in ease and then you know like the soundtrack kicks up the the guitar gets going and it's just oh, awesome i love this the screaming guitar soundtrack that's my jam Oh, so man. much. It's so awesome. <laughs> and and I love the exploration and these more modern Yeez games like Salsetta and eight nine or eight and seven. Yeah, yeah, and that's been the cool thing about eight is that it's added so much more verticality to it. Mm -hmm. And it's I, I've been enjoying it. It's been like it's weird, even the further you get in the game, like I've been like you get to the some of the the lost towns and I swear the architecture was kind of like almost reminding me of like Uncharted 2. Maybe it was yeah. also, you know, the the verticality and all. I'm just like, oh, man, this is like Uncharted 2, only I'm not shooting tons of people. I'm, you know, killing giant crabs. You're probably doing the same thing I am where you see your map completion and you've missed one treasure chest, but you're at 100 percent and you're tearing your hair out trying to figure out where that last chest is hiding. Yeah, and it will be, you know, oh, you missed the place where you're supposed to climb up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's been good. I, I don't know if we want to talk about the localization thing here or save it for the news. Uh, what's the localization thing? They, well, this is getting into a news story later. They are releasing a patch to fix the localization because there's been a lot of grammar errors and stuff like that. It was something I didn't notice until I saw that there was an area called the big hole. <laughs> well, well, the worst thing, the worst thing about that was that it that area was uh, localized in, uh, or actually in in the Japanese release, it was in English, and it was. Um, I forget what it was called. It was like the crevasse of the Achaeozoic era. And then they yeah. localized it as Achaeozoic big hole. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, that looks that looks awful. <laughs> See, I love what's been amusing to me about the localization is the fact that they keep uh, 
making that one guy out to be like, all he cares about is taking dumps. <laughs> Which I get. Yeah, that it comes <laughs> off as awkward, but I'm assuming that was just how it was in the Japanese. Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger problem is, is some of the food recipe names are swapped. So, like, there are recipes that restore HP and some recipes that restore SP. And so those descriptions are flipped in at least, I think, six recipes. So that is, like, an issue. Mm -hmm. Because there are food that you're eating and it's like, why is this not restoring my SP? So that is a legitimate issue. I mean, some of the other stuff, like the hole versus the crevice, I mean, it's no, this guy are sick, but it's kind of indicative of like, they didn't have time for an overarching editor just to kind of go through the game with the translation spreadsheet open and just look for inconsistencies. And that's just a time issue. Big hole is an awesome name. Big hole is stupid, but I don't think it's, it's not something to blow up the world over by itself, but I mean, it's like I was saying on the forums, it's a bunch of little stuff and all of the little stuff eventually adds up. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there, you know, you have some of the small things where it's like a character introduces herself and she's like, my name is Allison. You can call me Allison. <laughs> And so that... How novel. Right. But I mean, remember that there is a cultural aspect to that in Japanese. Uh Oh, totally. Yeah, it would be, you know, like giving the formal name and then saying, oh, yeah, you can call me by my first name. But it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't work in English. Right. Yeah, and I just got to one section the other night that was kind of like, man, call back to the editorial I wrote the other week where there was this weird long conversation where... Uh, one of the characters kept referring to her superior and kept saying, kept calling herself the subordinate. And it was this long, com- I don't know if it was supposed to be like a senpai kohai thing or something else, but it was this long conversation. It was really awkward sounding where she keeps, keeps calling this other character superior. Right. And that sort of subordinate you know, relationship is super culturally important in Japan and doesn't have the same context in a North American release. So if they are ditching sort of the senpai uh, relationship, then they need to just rewrite that section completely. But they did it. They did things well in other parts. Like uh, one of the other major characters was Laxia. And she's mm-hmm. like this standoffish character for the, the the first, I don't know what it was, six, eight hours of the game. And you finally, she very specifically calls Adol, Adol Kristen, the whole way through the first part of the game. And then you have this, finally you have this moment where she finally kind of loosens up. And then you notice like, oh, after that, she starts just calling him Adol. And, you know, it kind of got that across in a way that, I, I, where they actually did a good job with it. That's the at all Christian thing was driving me crazy. The first half of the game, it's like he's not Charlie Brown for God's sake. Stop calling them both names. <laughs> but I think they were just 
trying to get across how standoffish she was being. You, you right. can, I, I assume like in the Japanese, she's being, you know, extremely formal with him. And then it swaps to finally being more informal. And you're supposed to catch on to that change. Yeah, it's something that sounds like it would have made more sense in audio. Like, well, at all, Christian. And it's something that doesn't really make a lot of sense when you just only read it in text. Which gets into the other weird little Falcom thing where you've still got those cutscenes where there's like three lines that are voiced and then it swaps back to not being voiced. Oh my god, I griped about this on Twitter. This has been driving me up the wall, this game. Because, you know, I, I listen to podcasts while I'm gaming sometimes. So when a cutscene rolls up, I usually hit pause so that I can listen to the cutscene. Don't hit my and wife. Then... <laughs> Say what? Don't hit my wife. You hit pause. Sorry, Don't hit I... pause. No. No. Oh, the other pause. Oh, okay. Go yeah. ahead. So I I usually hit pause, uh, the pause button on my podcast to, you know, watch the cutscene. And then there's only three lines of dialogue. And I'm like, why did you only voice these three lines of dialogue? Why couldn't you just Budget. voice the whole thing? Yeah. 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 It, it sounded like this game needed another couple of months in the oven. Well, well, that's that that isn't an NIS thing. That's a Falcom thing. That mm-hmm. that they did the exact same thing in Trails of Cold Steel, where from I can't remember if I read this on an Exceed localization blog or somewhere else, but they were talking about it like Falcom had this set budget for how much they were going to spend on voice actors, and instead of deciding, okay, we're going to you know concentrate on the main scenes or concentrate on the main characters they decided to spend as get as many different characters voiced as possible even if they only had like three lines <laughs> so in like cold steel it was especially strange cuz the as part of that like the main character had tons of there would be these tons of scenes where everyone would be talking except for the main character he would just be silent <laughs> and the for whatever reason, Falcom has apparently carried that over into Ease as well, where there's just there are some characters that only have like three voiced lines, but you know, <laughs> I don't See, know why they decided to do that. I would much rather them voice the, like the main uh, main cut scenes and just leave incidental scenes not voiced at all. Because I mean, the, the dialogue doesn't advance by itself anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hit the X button to advance the dialogue. So just don't voice those scenes since I'm going to be reading them anyway. Well, uh, unfortunately, I think from what I remember reading, that was like the Falcom thing. And and apparently with whatever way they programmed the game, there wasn't any way to add voice acting to the, the console ports of that. So I think XE talked about like wanting to do that. And there just was not a way to do that without like really changing the programming of the game. And that's what, that's kind of what, what they've ended up doing with the PC ports of Cold Steel is they've added, like, thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue to it. So, well, that that's pretty much Ease 8. Yeah. <laughs> so wait for the PC port? I think it's already out on PC. Oh. No, no. Or did it get delayed? Got yeah, delayed. Yeah, so it got okay. delayed because it was buggy as hell. Um, so who's the guy that fixes Durante? all the PC games with fan patches? Durante, I <laughs> yeah. think his name yeah. is. So they have like contracted Durante. <laughs> I love it. 
to help them fix the game. That is so great. And since they're going to wait to put the translation patch in, um, the new estimated release date for the PC game is December. Are they going to add more voice acting, do you think? No. No. But they are going to fix the voice acting where any time it makes sense to fix the voice acting. All right. So if they're fixing a script piece where that particular scripted line is voiced, they will have that voiced line re-recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe it kind of behooves people to wait to play this game until it gets fixed. Not quite doesn't be an early adopter. Like I mean I me. have it. I was trying to figure out where I was gonna put it in terms of how quickly I was gonna play it. So it sounds like I should play it in December. Did you do the PS4 or Vita? Vita. Okay. See on Vita the voice acting stuff wouldn't bother me so much anyway because I tend to play my Vita games muted. No, I yeah, do you like tell where I I'll listen to like an audiobook or I'll listen to or I'll watch a TV show while I play. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just stop whatever I'm doing when uh when story comes on. What were you going to say, Josh? Uh not nothing. Oh, okay. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that's Ease 8, uh you've also played a little bit of Danganronpa V3. Right? Yeah, I just barely got started on that well i say that is i played it for like three hours but i still hadn't gotten to nobody's died yet so i haven't really oh, it doesn't started count then. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it doesn't really count it hasn't really started until at least somebody's dead tell me about summon night five how awesome is that <laughs> game man I, well i spent like two thousand words a week ago trying to figure out <laughs> how i felt about that game i still don't know um i that game is it's <laughs> it's it, it's this it's okay but for some reason i am just sucked into it <laughs> I, I wonder how much of that is actually like you know it, i grew up watching mst3k and that game is just full of weird localization choices sometimes errors sometimes you know, just strange choices, and I, I kind of get a, an odd joy out of like looking, you, playing through the game and fun. Are you the kind of person who makes, you know, treats a character creator as a monster factory and then tries to break the game when you play? No. Through? Okay. No. <laughs> no, I just, I just enjoy finding the, the weird little uh, screenshots that I can find and make fun of and share. That's what I enjoy. <laughs> and Summer Night Five is full of those. But um, writing that editorial about it just got me back into playing it. And I had gotten, I don't know how long ago that was, like a year and a half ago when I quit playing it, I had gotten stuck on a battle. And since I pulled it out and started playing it for the editorial, I, uh, it got me back into trying it again. And I managed to get past that battle. And now I'm a couple of chapters more and maybe close to finishing it before the, the next one comes out whenever whenever that is. I don't know what else you want to know about. No, it. nothing. No, it's fine. I'm just 
I wanted to stew on it being bad, but eh, whatever. Oh. It's not bad. It, it, it's, you know, it, it's, or it's, the the bad parts of it are fun in an entertaining way. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. See, okay. now Amazon is putting the release date for 6 at October 31st, so... I'll believe I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've had that pre-ordered since March. Well, Summon Night Five was supposed to originally come out in like September of 2014, and then the physical versions didn't make it out until like April of 2015. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'll believe it when it's in my hands. All right. Uh, Pascal, what have you been up to? Um, I haven't played really enough of, of many games to talk about them at length. I'm kind of at this, um, I'm at the in-between moment where I just finished playing uh, Battle Chasers, and um, I took some time to write the review, so that was less gaming time, and you know how it is when you then then you want to start a new game, but you're kind of looking for what to play. So um, I started Danganronpa three. I started uh, Metroid, um, but not really far enough on either one of them to talk a whole lot about them. I guess. Hmm. No, that's fine. So, and also um, I'm try- I'm trying really hard now to free up some space on my PS4's hard drive. Oh, time so to I'm clean the fridge. And... Yeah, <laughs> but I want to actually clean it um, by finishing something that's on there instead of just picking something to delete and then I'll never go back to it. Um, so that's the other thing I've been doing. Um, trying to go back into anything that I think I can finish within, I don't know, maybe a few days and free up some space. Undertale. Yeah, that's actually on there. Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not um, that I did finish. I was thinking of something else, oh, okay. but that was on there. Yes. Hmm. And I've talked about um, Battle Chasers already the last time I was on, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know yeah. how much more there is to really add other than that it, it is a, a really great game, and I would highly recommend it. The review is written. Um, it'll be posted as soon as it's cleared for posting. I look forward to reading it. Uh, and um, speaking of patches, because that's been like kind of a thing today, um, oh. it was, uh, and I think I mentioned last time that it was kind of buggy, and that is uh, a section of the review. But just this morning, they did release a patch that takes care of, um, as far as I can tell, most of the bugs that were in there. So now I think it's actually really worth checking out without any um, without any worry. Yeah, let's see. They have apparently really good patch notes. Let's see how this is. Yeah, um, pretty extensive. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, the notes are, yeah. So the main problems I had as far as uh, bugs were that the game, well, number one, it crashed a lot. And that is um, addressed in the patch notes. I, I had it on right before the podcast for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't crash on me, but I don't, know, I don't know what that means. That's Maybe good. I was just lucky. Um, and then there was one boss. The other big thing that I that I was a little bit upset about, there was one boss that wouldn't spawn. For me, it was an optional boss, so it didn't keep me from finishing the game, but it kept me from finishing some of the side content. And that was the first thing I tried out when I booted it up earlier. And yeah, he spawned, and uh, everything everything is all is well. 
Um, so it seems like it may be, you know, that that was one of the only things I, I had to point out why you might want to hold off on getting into it if you're, um, I guess if you're easily annoyed by, you know, bugs. And, and the game crashing is, I mean, that is a big deal. So if that's all taken care of, I now I can recommend it without without hesitating. Yeah, I can't find these really good patch notes, but whatever. Um, I couldn't tell you apparently. where they are. I'm not sure where they were on Steam. I, I have it on console, so. Okay. Cool. That's a great game. And that's about, I don't know, that's about it. Dang and Rump, I've, I've just finished the, the prologue, so I'm probably even, um, like, I'm, I'm less, less, less into it than, um, than Josh. Let's see. Patch notes. The blacksmith found a bunch of gold in his old apron. Cost to upgrade the blacksmith has been reduced. Uh, vendors became a little less greedy, and you could sell the item vendors for slightly more. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Fishing comparison display is fixed. We figured actually seeing accurate numbers was a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Stuff like that. Nah. So that's good. No, not not a good idea? Okay. All right. Nope. Overrated. <laughs> I Alex... mean, apparently, oh, okay. um, one of the six uh, playable characters, there was a, a bug where he wouldn't uh, join your party. Um, that I, I never had that happen to me, but according to the patch notes, and that's been fixed. I mean, so there were some, some big things that needed fixing, and um, if if the notes are to be believed, it's been taken care of. Yay. All righty. Um, with that, Alex Fuller has joined the show. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hey, what have you been playing? You finished Danganronpa. Yes. Okay. Josh just yeah, started I it. finished it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Pascal as well. Is it a good Danganronpa game? It is a good Danganronpa game. Oh, okay. It's very much a Danganronpa game. I don't know what that Lots means, but die. okay. Lots of people die and there's class trials. Okay. So, truth bullets? Yep, truth bullets. All right. That's all I need. Wandering around. Just, yeah. It's probably my second favorite, so I like it better than the second one. Not quite as much as the first, but obviously that's sort of got the advantage of being the first. So. How do these things that's, that's... work? Is it like, can you get bad endings if you do wrong? Or is um, it like... Possibly, but it's the very it's at the very end where there might be a bad ending. The rest of the time it just gives you a game over. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's no sort of root stuff in that, but it's it's difficult to talk about anything regarding the story because there's massive spoilers, <laughs> even from the first chapter. So. Of course. <laughs> I can probably say that the way it ended actually resonated quite well with me because the sort of themes it's exploring at the end matched up with some of the feelings I was having regarding the series, so that was quite cool to see. Good. But does it... Um, yeah, sorry. Does it justify being on a on a console? Because from what I've seen of the prologue, it I don't know. I'm waiting to see where, where does the... Uh, where do the production values go up? I mean, it, it doesn't really. I mean, it's one of those where it's basically being released on consoles so more people can play it. I basically spent half my time playing it on PS4 and the other half playing it on the Vita through remote play, so... There's not a... It's one of those Japanese ones where there's not really a massive benefit to playing it on PlayStation 4 other than it might be more convenient for you or you just prefer to play games that way. 
Yeah, that was one of the things they really pushed at E3 when I was um, talking to some of the the team about how you know oh it's finally designed for a console and well it doesn't it doesn't look much different. Uh, it's it's probably a lot of small things. So basically, sort of how the UI works, how they can get more stuff in. I mean, there is a lot more detail in when you're wandering around the place. That's probably the biggest distance than that and there's one thing I think there's sort of mass panic debates where you can get sort of three people talking at the same time as well so you can I think that's easy to do from the console side so probably the main complaint I have with the game itself is just that some of the mini games during the trials are more of a pain than anything else I think psych taxi is probably the worst of them where you're sort of answering questions while driving around the taxi but it's not that interesting it's just I prefer all the debate parts where you're using the truth bullets. They're more fun. Mm. All right. Uh, and then I see here you've been playing Golf Story. Yes. Uh, yeah, I bought a Switch. Do you like Golf... Oh, well, congrats. Happy Switch. Yep. Um, do you like Golf Story? I do like Golf Story. Probably not too much to add than what you said previously. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it does a good... It's good at emulating sort of the feel of those classic Mario Golf games, particularly the... Game Boy Color one, which was almost an RPG itself. But did, so, although obviously it's a bit less serious. There's no rap battles in the Game Boy Color one, I bet. True. <laughs> All right. Well, I look there's forward no to seeing either, how. So. Say what? There's no disc golf either in the Game no, Boy yeah. Color one. <laughs> look forward to seeing how you uh, enjoy the rest of that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like golf is hard. I can't. Uh, golf stops working for me. Like if I miss a shot, like or go out of bounds, yeah, the it just locks up basically. So yeah. I have to reboot the game. <laughs> Golf Story's uh, a uh, bit buggy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have had several times I've had to restart it just because my character's got stuck somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my main. That's the main problem. Well, there's one where I think if you save and quit during uh, one of the places, I think it's yeah, the tidy how... party. Then it's sort of, yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah, don't do that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got past that bit, right? Somewhere. Oh, okay. All right. So oh, you're making good was, progress then. Yeah, I was doing stuff on the um, ghost course. Oh, okay. The moment. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Good. And then you uh, played through that Layton game. It looks like. Did you play the uh, 3DS version or? It's Layton Mr. Yeah, so yeah, I think the 3DS version came out. Is that what, is that what you're playing? Or are you yeah, playing I'm the iOS? Oh, okay. No, I don't like playing mobile games, so I waited for the 3DS version. Uh, it's it's pretty much more latent. Yeah, Anna Anna enjoyed it, right, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. sure. But, but yeah, I mean that's that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is just it is just more latent. Like, you know, cat. solve mysteries, talk to animals, good old latent. Yep. Yes. Cat yep. is a fun character, like she also has the attention span of a cat yes okay. <laughs> it's just weird for me to have like completely played and finished a game before like everybody else that's well, because you ahead played it on everybody. ios yes and everyone else wanted to pay more money and play it on 3ds i guess all right and what is chaos child alex i don't know that one chaos child it's a visual novel okay it's probably what I'm about series because it's 5BP and Mage's Adventure Science series, which is sort of modern day setting, but with sci-fi aspects. 
there's there's two main threads in that series. One has Steinsgate and Steinsgate Zero, which are obviously about time travel and world lines. And then there's Robotics Notes, which takes place a few years after Steinsgate and is about technology and how to build a giant mech. Well, that's that's. A, I, I, yeah, I that's, want to play that one. <laughs> yeah, Steinsgate is easily the best one, isn't they? But on the other thread, there's a game called Chaos Head, which is, I think, I probably think that was that. Yeah, I think that was the first one in the series that was released, and then this game is sort of a sequel to Chaos Head, but with a completely different cast of characters. Oh my gosh! But, yeah, and but there's the anime this versions is, of this too. Yeah, there's anime versions. So I've seen the anime for Chaos Head and Robotics Notes, and sort of seen the anime and played the game for Steinsgate. All yeah, right. Chaos Head is the one that's hardest to follow because uh-huh. it's about delusions and people who can make delusions real. Chaos Head is also one that I think had the darkest vibe overall, although Steinsgate has its moments in the visual novel, and Chaos Child is really dark. <laughs> I think the very first two scenes basically involve two people being killed. Mm-hmm. And the first one believes he's cutting up cheese and then eating it. But he's not cutting up cheese, he's cutting up his arm. Oh, good. So, yeah. Happy game. You're basically playing a high school journalist who decides to go and investigate these murders because... You're an idiot. Well, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Anna, I yeah, think I'm you still... should avoid this one. Why? Huh? Why? Because like, it sounds like uh, the sort of one that would squick you out. Okay. <laughs> Cutting up your arm thinking it's cheese. Okay, that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not shy at showing... Gore. Showing blood. Yeah, I'm still only in the first chapter of that one. It's got the choice mechanic in it is well, slightly odd because basically there's certain points where you can let the main character have either a positive delusion, such as like he puts on a mascot and all the girls start falling over him. Because girls, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or or you can make him have a negative delusion. I think the, the counterexample of that one was where all the mascot characters came to life and killed everyone. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, no delusion at all. So you just sort of just carry on without having a weird sidebar. But so far, it, what you choose hasn't actually affected anything that's happened immediately after, but it probably does down the line. So, oh boy, it'll be interesting to figure out. All right. Well, I think it is time to move on to the news. Then, right? Did I miss anyone? I also. I also jumped on the new house. Oh, yes. In Final Fantasy XIV. Isn't it nice? It is nice. Yeah. I like our new house. It is well-placed as well. Yeah. That beachfront property, man. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Yeah, let's get into the news. Uh, Alice, do you need to take off before we go? Okay. Alice is silent, eating dinner. Maybe she's already left. Okay. So, with the news, and uh, with beep, 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 be
That's my news news chime. Uh, God Eater three, Alex. God Eater three. Are you excited? Yay. <laughs> All right. Here's the news. Bandai. Was there anything else to say to that? I don't know. Bandai's officially announced the title God Eater three. No platforms. No release dates. But it's confirmed for a worldwide release. We don't know anything. It's the third game in the series. Um, and they've also announced a smartphone game, Resident Ops, which will be free to play to steal all your monies. So there you go. It's uh, God Eater 3, more more Monster Hunter knockoffs. It has dual wielding. It has what? Dual wielding. Ooh. Yep. All right. And there's a trailer. It's a massive weapon. Yeah. And, okay. He has little shackles for some reason, but all right. That's the golly thing. You've got the bracelets, so because he's got two, they yeah changed him to shackles for some reason. Okay. Whatevs. God it's eater thematic. three. Yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's very thematic and powerful. And blah, blah, blah. seven, the days long gone to be less gone. What? <laughs> Somebody wrote a title. Okay, so there's a game called Seven the Lo- the Days Long Gone, and it's uh, gonna be out on December first. Pre-orders are up now. Um, there's digital versions and a digital collector's edition. With the digital collector's edition, it's uh, you get an art book, a soundtrack, a map of the in-game island, uh, the guidebook to introduce the game mechanics, and uh, if you pre-order, you get a little armor set. Normal game's thirty bucks. Uh, collector's edition forty bucks. And it is a top-down stealth RPG where players take control of a master thief who's been possessed by a demon. And you need to go around on a new prison island where you're on for a job and you scale surfaces and stuff. And I have no idea. I haven't heard about this till just now. Had you heard about Um, it already? I watched the trailer before the podcast today and it actually looks pretty interesting at first. When I first read the premise, I was like, I don't really care about thief style games. But then when I saw the trailer and how interesting the art style was, I'm kind of interested out sorry my uh dinner's just shown up so I'm all right off. bye-bye alice bye alice the day's long gone um the so. idea i mean in the trailer they showed your character like scaling walls and crawling through windows and stuff like that the idea of kind of doing that stuff in a top-down isometric game looks pretty cool is it just me or does it kind of look like borderlands yeah, I kind of got that vibe from it too with the cell shading and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But uh, hey, it works. And then there's stealth kills and dropping off, uh, dropping down on top of people, which I always like to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this is like an awesome Mark of the Ninja style stealth game or is this frustrating or what. But uh, look forward to that in early December. What's our next story? Assassin's Creed Origins. You know, game's not even out. Time to announce DLC, right? That's what they're doing. That's, Why are we covering? That was Assassin's... really surprising. Why are we covering Assassin's Creed Origins? By the way, do we do these? Because they claim it's an RPG. They do. Oh. Yeah. Some of the gameplay does look a lot more RPG-ish than previous ones. Oh, I really have to play this then. This might be the first Assassin's Creed game I actually like play much. <laughs> Instead of just buying them all and not playing them. Oh, I'm such a fool. All right. Assassin's Creed Origins has announced some two primary pieces of DLC. The Hidden Ones and The Curse of the Pharaohs. 
Um, the Hidden Ones is a DLC that continues years after the plot of the main game. Um, and where you got Brotherhood taking on Roman forces and a higher level cap. That'll be out in January of 2018. The Curse of the Pharaohs is a fantastical take on the setting, sending players to a mystical realm where the ba they battle undead pharaohs and other mythical entities. Uh, that DLC will also raise level cap and be available March 2018. Both of these are part of the Season Pass, and if you get the Season Pass, not only do you get those two DLCs, you also get um, the Roman Centurion and Horus Packs, a suite of armors, weapons, shields, and mounts, the Calamity Blade, which sounds like it should be in a Zelda game or something, an exclusive rare weapon, and 500 Helix credits to start within the game. And there'll be Is there an actual release date for the for the base game? October twenty second, so two weeks oh, from now. Coming out. Yep. Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Um PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And let's see. There'll be free content as well, like the Trial of the Gods, which puts you against Egyptian gods in a time mode that yields great rewards. And that uh, that'll be out two weeks after the game's out. And then they have the Nomad's Bazaar, which will be available when the game comes out. Day one, it looks like. And that adds a traveling merchant who offers unique quests with rare rewards. Okay. And a photo mode. Okay. So that's important, too. Is that part of the... the What's out two weeks after? Is that part of the season pass already? No, that's, that's, that's free content. So free content is the Trial of the Gods. Where you get to fight against the Egyptian gods. That's free. That's out two weeks after the game's out. Uh, the Nomads Bazaar is free. That'll be out with the game. And then the uh, the photo mode is also free. And there'll be a free horde mode available in early 2018, where you fight endless realm, uh, endless waves in arena combat. So, isn't that so. This seems annoying. I mean, not everything must have a season pass. Or, well, apparently everything now does need to have a season pass. Yeah. But there's, and then there's also, but they, they're giving you lots of free stuff. Not, and they also have discovery mode coming in, enemy free exploration mode, where players can learn historical information regarding the game world. Well, that's neat. So you walk around and it's like a scientific tour, like you've got the little tour guide cassette on and you get to... This is where an ancient pyramid was constructed, and you can see the remains of the pharaoh's feces. Ah. <laughs> or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, no? All right, well. <laughs> I can see everyone's real excited for Assassin's Creed. Is anyone excited for Assassin's Creed? No. No, okay. You, you get an eagle. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I've, I've never... Well, you know, and that's it's it's one thing if I was excited for Assassin's Creed, but I've never in my life bought a season pass for anything. Okay. And even even the amount of DLC I've purchased is very very little. So um, it, it this kind of irks me more. If I was on the fence about buying Did the you, game, the, this might actually convince me not to. The DLC is totally optional. You just play and enjoy the game without. Yeah, no, I get it. It's just um. You uh, don't want them marketing know. it before the game's out, and neither do that's, I. I mean. To me, that kind of seems like it's... Yeah. I don't know what word to use. I don't think it's rude necessarily, but... Yeah, I mean, it... Yeah. I don't know. No, I get it. Help me out. Yeah, um, I think it's disingenuous. 
Mm. Um. But anyway, uh, well, wait, we talked about that one. Hey, always sometimes monsters, which I thought was more of an adventure game, but uh, that's out on PS4 now. And uh, if you have, is that the sequel? I can't remember. No, the sequel. No, I... I think it's called Sometimes Always. Right. Monsters. That's why I have to ask. <laughs> All right. So the first well, one, Always Sometimes Monsters on PS4 now, and they're working on porting the sequel, Sometimes Always Monsters. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're working yeah. on making the sequel still. Oh, is it not out? Oh. No. All right. It is this game any good? All right. Nobody knows. The trailer didn't look very appealing to me i think i have it it's a choice-based rpg with a real life setting so all right okay star ocean hey speaking of unappealing (laughs) you don't like star ocean the last hope i didn't know this was my least favorite game in the series I, i i hated the characters in this game so much Least likable child character ever. Yeah. Is this the one okay. where they reveal the whole thing is just an MMO, or is that earlier? No, that was right. uh, the previous one. Okay. This is this is the one where they blow up the universe. <laughs> okay. But they tell the main character it wasn't that bad of a thing. He shouldn't feel too bad about it. They blow up the MMO universe? They, or No, wait. That's right. The one where they say it's all an MMO is its own, and then they never mention that again, and you just assume that the MMO is real life from then on? I don't know. Yeah. Get... This one's this one's a prequel to oh, it's a prequel. all the other games. Okay. Yeah, but they do blow up the universe. But they blow up the universe. Well, they blow up a universe. They blew up a universe. <laughs> I just know that when I got done playing this game, I'm like, okay, now I understand why people don't like Japanese RPGs because this one just has everything in the game that annoys people about Japanese RPGs. So I get it now. It did have great combat. I'll give it that much. Yeah, oh, I love the combat. Mm. The combat and the exploration was awesome. But the story and the voice acting was awful. All the right. voice acting wasn't actually much better than Japanese either. Yeah, I switched to <laughs> Japanese and then switched right back because I figured, well, if I'm going to be annoyed, I at least want to understand my annoyance. <laughs> Okay, I was the exact same way. Yeah, I tried both, and they were both grating and awful. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Star Ocean 4, The Last Hope, remastered. Or what are they calling it? Star Ocean, The Last Hope, for PS4 and PC. It's coming out in Japan November 28th. It'll have 4K resolution on PS4 Pro, 1080p resolution on PS4, and adjustable resolution plus Steam achievements on PSC. No Western release date has been announced. <sighs> have any of these remasters come out in the US? Oh. This one probably will, because I think the PC version is coming on to Steam. Okay. This is called Steam Achievements. It's really interesting seeing the reactions to this, because it's either people really hate the game or they thought it was alright <laughs> there's nothing in between real positive uh, review situation yep. there mm-hmm. alright uh, The Good Life we were following that for a while that's the game that Swery's making where you turn into a cat at night or now a dog at night or either one that you wish 
uh, yeah, that, that, that the fig campaign failed and they put out a statement that, Hey, you know what? Uh, Swery, uh, put out a statement that says, uh, I claim responsibility for what he believed to be res- reasons for the game's failure, including confusing messaging an unreasonable funding goad goal, poorly thought out backer tiers. Um, but they are not going to drop the project. Uh, they say they're going to relaunch via Kickstarter. I don't know why Kickstarter will be better than fig, but okay. And they're going to address all the things they think they did wrong and have a lower goal. So maybe fig doesn't let you try again or something. So they're going to do relaunch by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, Tokyo Xanadu EX plus. What is this? PS4 version of Tokyo Xanadu EX plus. Is this another visual novel? Falcom. No, it's yeah, it's Falcom. It's like Yeast and Trails hybrid. Oh, Trails of the Ease, Ease of the Skies. Yes, it's got Ooh, lots of stories, content, but yeah. action RPG combat. Okay. Alex, you reviewed this, right? Yep. But this is like the the ps4 version of the same game yeah this is the ps4 version so it's got a couple of so does this mean it's action rpg combat with a 120 hour story not that long okay but yeah there's a lot of cold steel style wandering around etc all right well it's going to be on ps4 in north america on december 8th they don't have a pc date they don't have a european release date so, there you go. Uh, I think I might pick that up when it comes out. Oh, yeah? Are yeah, you into was, the Trails was... games, Pascal? Um, I'd like to be, meaning I just haven't taken the time so to play So why don't you play, play those instead of this, since those are out already? Oh, well, <laughs> for many reasons. Like, I just, I don't know, I have too many other games I'm currently trying to play. I will. Okay. Um, But I, I did play a few minutes of it. It seemed like fun. Mm-hmm. I think Tokyo the Charles, the Charles games are strong because I think Tokyo Xandy was sort of they let a lot of the younger developers sort of cut their teeth on this one so it's definitely not as strong as all the Charles games but I really liked it so well if you like Steven Universe the cartoon you might like Steven Universe Save the Light which is the uh, the second RPG series from Steven Universe it's uh, coming out PS4 and Xbox One on October 31st. So this is the first time... Oh, I'm sorry. PS4 on October 31st, Xbox One on November 3rd. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, I don't know. I have an impression up for me. Three you can read. Uh, we've got an interview that you can read from earlier. But uh, yeah, they finally have a date for that. Uh, we've got some Kickstarter stuff going on. Ooh. All right. <sighs> Orderland. Oh, I saw. Okay, I was looking at. Um, where was I looking at this on? There was a Switch trailer for this on the Nintendo eShop, and. Okay, cool. So this is cool. Orderland is a uh, kind of a simulation RPG thing where you're the king and you tell people what to do, sort of RPG, which I really like. Um, and I guess it has multiple modes in it. So in king mode, you uh, you play as the king, you make all the decisions, 
and you can do things on different ends of the moral scale, scale like uh, granting citizens requests and supporting heroic adventures, setting high tax rates, putting people in jail. Uh, in training mode, you pl create heroes and train them up, traveling the world and joining others trying to be the strongest. And then you heroes you create in that training mode can show up in king mode as well as in um, hero mode. And, which is a sandbox mode where you can control a hero and travel the world as much as you wish. Um, anyway, so whatever. King mode is where it's at for me. Um, and I was looking at this like, man, I wish this would come out here. What is this game? Can I actually penetrate it with, with it being in Japanese? And now it looks like someone's launched a Kickstarter campaign to do an English port. So... Japanese indie developer Poisoft is doing the Kickstarter. They want to do an English release. Um, they need money to do it, probably to pay for the translation. Um, and they want 44708 U.S. dollars. Uh, it's from Japanese. They want 5 million yen. Um, and they've got $2,000. So they've got a ways to go. But they have 28 days left. So if you are interested like me, you might want to consider backing it. Or if you think Kickstarter is an abomination, you might just ignore this section. Uh, if you want to get a copy of the game, it's about $9, ten, yeah, 1,000 yen. And you get a download code if, it, if this goes through. And if you want to pay a bazillion dollars for some reason, let's see. Um, for 1 million yen, which is about $9,000, um, <laughs> you... <laughs> In addition to the reward, uh, all the previous things, you can set the name, atmosphere, behavior, tendency, weapons, ability, and characteristics of a new Devil's King scheduled to be added to the game. So it sounds like you get to create, like, you're basically sponsoring a new evil king that's going to be in there, and you get to say how they work. Um, performance balance adjustments done by Poisoft, and the name will be posted in your credit. Your name will be in the credits. So that's if you want to spend all the monies. Does uh, 44000 seem a little much for a translation? It seems low for a translation to me. Yeah? Yeah. They're also planning to release new platforms as well. Yeah, I mean, given all they're planning to do, I bet you it costs a lot more than that. So. Yeah. Oh, no, they're doing physical rewards. They don't know how bad of an idea that is. No, don't do those guys. <laughs> all right. If they exceed their... Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. So if you pay a million, you get to define how the Devil's King's kind of working, or at least one of the Devil's Kings, but they have to get to ten, uh, 9 million yen before they'll even add that function, so that's kind of weird. They're really hoping they uh, they hit their goals here. Hmm. Well, anyway, you can check that out, see if you want to do it, or if you think it's a bad idea. Make your own choice, and... Oh, that's it. That's the only Kickstarter this week. Sweet. Nice and easy. Um, I might back that just because before even seeing this article, I was like, I really wish this game would come out here. I like the way it looks on this eShop. So, uh, let's see. Uh-oh. Mike Laidlaw, the Dragon Age creative director, has uh, left Bioware. And he uh, was previously a writer for Mass Effect and Jade Empire. He was a lead designer on Dragon Age Origins 1 and Dragon Age 2 and the creative director for Inquisition. Um, and he was the creative director for the unnamed new Dragon Age title that I guess they're working on but haven't really announced um, before he left. So he has not really announced where he's going next. So more people going away from Bioware. Okay. 
this is my favorite. I've been looking forward to this since I heard about it last night. Kelly, Kelly, mm-hmm. you, you, you got my interest. What's going on with loot boxes? What happened this week? Well, the ESRB came out and said that loot boxes aren't considered gambling. And that's because Total Biscuit made some demands? Yeah. Okay, I don't know why Total Biscuit was involved in this, but that's kind of funny. Well, there's a couple of games recently, I think Forza and... Shadow of Mordor. That's it, yeah. That have just gone heavily onto the loot box system of microtransactions and stuff. Now... I somewhat agree with the ESRB's way of saying it. They said that loot boxes are like trading cards, where you're always guaranteed something in a loot box, even if it's not necessarily the thing that you want. Oh, dang, I hadn't thought about trading cards. That's totally like what they are. And, you know, in thinking about it, it's like, yeah, they're kind of right. That doesn't mean that I necessarily like them, or the idea behind them, but when you put it like that, you kind of got a point. Uh, and it's like it's more like Magic: The Gathering cards, right? Yeah. You could, you know, the way you can enjoy the game is directly influenced by what you get out of that package. Oh, and not, not every package is going to have a black lotus. Well, and I guess that that's that's presumptive. Some of these games they they might only be cosmetics, right? So I shouldn't say that. Um, well, I, I know I that in the. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I know that in Battlefront, um, a lot of it's pay to win, but they also kind of backtracked on that and said that um, the most, the best rewards in the game you're going to have to earn. But no, I think I, I kind of agree a little bit with with you with, with all of that. But to play devil's advocate, in a, um, a trading card game, isn't that part of it? Being able to, you know, trade your cards with others so you can get the cards that you want, and I think the collection is for some trading card games i mean collecting is more of the um the purpose i in a video game i don't i don't want to get a, a random reward that i'm paying for i the reward is just there to well the thing i'm paying for i'm buying it because i want to use it in my game in some way right it's supposed to improve mm-hmm. my game and um you know and i, I might want to target a certain area that I, I wanted to improve it in so i need a specific thing that i'm purchasing not a random uh, up to chance thing i don't know I, so i agree with 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 the statement i think but um i don't know i not not 100 i don't think it's exactly the same as a trading card game it's the same idea but i think in a video game it just it, it the philosophy is different behind it why i would pay money to get something i don't pay it just to have something random added to my collection because i want to collect items I'm paying money because I want something specific to help me in, 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 in a certain area in the game or, you know, to make me stronger or to make me look better or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting into touchy waters with this because the ESRB doesn't want to come out and say that it's gambling because if it does, then they're going to have to rate stuff as adults only and nobody will carry adults only games and it'll set a huge precedent for precedent for the industry as a whole so the whole thing is just really touchy and weird what's the issue when we're comparing it to gambling because i think the problem with gambling is its addictive nature is that the issue that they're having with this or just that that paying money yeah that's the problem is that you know you buy a loot box you get that chance you've got that same dopamine 
rush that you get from gambling. The difference is that when you're gambling, you could potentially win money versus win. Yeah. So gambling, basically, the outcome is uncertain. The outcome technically isn't uncertain because basically in return for playing something, you will get this amount of other things. It's just not certain what those things are. Well, you oh, can say so the same no, thing in no... gambling, that the entertainment of spinning the reels is the thing you're guaranteed yeah. to get, right? Yeah, but that's not oh. a tangible thing. All right. can... And you yeah. see but the difference... Also it's money. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, using the Black Lotus example, you know, you get a Black Lotus and a Magic the Gathering pack, you can sell that and make some money, but you also have the, the idea to use that in your game versus gambling, which is just you're winning money straight mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that, yeah, I don't think that I would say it gets, um, it, it doesn't enter the territory of being addictive when you're, when you're purchasing a, a, a loot box. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on your personality. Some people, I mean, when I well, collected guys, uh, WoW cards. There are people hired by these companies to make these mechanics as addictive as possible. That's a known established thing. That They are oh, using yeah. the same tactics that Casino uses in, in these games. I mean, it's not new to games anyway, because these have been free-to-play mechanics for a very long time now. What's happening now is they're getting into ones where you're paying $60 for the game and then have this on top of that. Yeah. And that's probably where the big... Yeah. Wait, no, Chris, where, you're right. Where the line's been drawn. That, yeah. that you're actually paying money, real money, for these loot boxes. I mean, worse than this are the games we talked about earlier in this podcast like Record Keeper and stuff. They're doing mm-hmm. this thing hardcore already mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and what you don't get anything tradable out of that and they don't have limits on it. There's no protections. You can just what, so spend all your money. So the problem is not the fact that <laughs> it, they don't have a problem with it appealing to the addictive nature at all then. They just have a problem with that you don't know what you're getting for it. I but I mean do you, you don't get published rates on Magic the Gathering cards, you know? So, do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. You do. You know exactly how many... You know the percentages of rarities in those. Um, I think, like, each each Magic the Gathering card pack is said to have at least one rare card in it and so many uncommons and so many commons. Hmm. So there is that, at least. Yeah, so that's, I think that's where they can draw a line of saying it's not quite gambling, basically. But, like, I know in Pokemon cards, there's these ultra rares, and I don't know if you know how rare those are respectively, right? Hmm. I know with the WoW TCG cards, like the loot cards that had the mounts were considered to be the rarest. And even though... They sell for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And even though you're guaranteed to get a rare in each pack, there's also like, what, 15 rares per set, and they could be the loot card or the... uh, just a hero card mm-hmm. i mean that's how that stuff has always worked yeah. i mean i my personal feelings i think that anytime a video game has access to an online storefront that that storefront should only be accessible via a pen a pen number oh interesting and that's how you that's, well, that's how, how you kind of block off that out, stuff right? well, well yeah I mean, that's how you would keep the kids out. That's how if you have if you do have a gambling problem, you would keep yourself out. I would be happy. The only thing I really want to change personally 
is I don't I don't know that we need gambling re- regulations for this stuff, especially in light of like trading card games and how similar it is to that, and that hasn't been a big society crumbling issue. Um, maybe just publish the rates like they make you do in China. That that would make me very happy. Like get, have a good idea of what you're getting into before you risk your money on this. But <coughs> that's what I want personally. So. Yeah. Publish the rates and just put it behind a place where you have to have a password to get in or a PIN number to get on. Hmm. I mean, I I don't want loot boxes in games that I already paid for. I think that that's stupid. But at the same time, video game costs to make games has gone up and they got to make their money somehow and they figured out that that's how they can make extra money and and just to, if, just so people are aware trading does happen in these games if you yeah. go over to steam uh pubg and and dota uh, you can make lots of money off these things so and the really frustrating thing about it is that these publishers wouldn't be or these developers wouldn't be putting this stuff in these games if people weren't buying it yeah um Jim Sterling has a very interesting video on the whole controversy that's kind of interesting to watch, depending on whether or not you can put up with Jim Sterling. But Oh, man. I mean, I think it's hard to disagree that this is, you know, it's, it's not a very <laughs> nice move, I guess. But why is this suddenly the, you know, why is this the, the spark that, that brings everything, um, that, that explodes the powder K. Why not before? Why is well, this worse than People about things? loot boxes every year. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's an interesting idea. That I think because they got a British Parliament person involved or something. I don't know. I think the Forza game was the catalyst because they locked a lot of cars and some mechanics behind loot boxing. Ooh. Yeah, part, part of that was they sort of completely changed how the game actually plays compared to previous ones and you lock out a lot of stuff and people are never going to be happy at that yeah wasn't what's the superhero game where where most of the roster was locked when you bought it was it league of legends or dc say say that again i'm sorry say that ask your question again it's i mean I, i was just asking for a specific game i wasn't sure what the title is but then again there's you know there's scores of games where um a lot of the content is locked when you when you purchase the game or maybe it's a free game and it's locked anyway and mm-hmm. so this is not new i i don't i kind of disagree with with throwing gambling at it um if if that is true then there's there's better examples of of how video games um enable you know the gambling mindset i think hmm. doesn't make it good but um I think it, maybe it's just a little bit more hype bring, being brought to it now. So, wait. Forza 7 doesn't even let you pay real money for loot boxes right now. Right? Or did they just I, add that? I I don't know. Everything I've heard I'm, about I'm, the Forza I'm 7. I'm skimming yeah, an think... R's article about this, and I'm like, what? Did they just add it? Uh, that's quite possible. It's more. Like, I think it's more. Like they just changed how you. That means completely changed how you buy cars. You could actually you used to be able to go and pick. I want that car. No, you can't do that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, no, that you're right. I mean, if I'm playing a racing game like that, I 
I usually know a car I want to drive or aim towards and I want to go buy it and putting it in boxes is really dumb but also if it's all in-game tur- currency uh, it's not gambling because you're not risking real money right uh, so. I think there's I think there's things you can buy that can boost the the currency you get okay so it's sort of an extra it's an extra step before you do it but there's if you buy something, then you get more money for doing a race, etc. It's just really frustrating hearing about the whole controversy on Twitter because, you know, people were doing the please think of the children kind of thing. And I just remember when I was young, when my parents didn't want me to buy Pokemon cards, they just didn't give me any money for Pokemon cards. Yeah. Please think of the children? Yeah. Meaning what? It's a thing to do. Yeah, they're complaining. Yeah, we need to protect the kids from exposure. That the kids are the ones making these purchases? Yeah. How? I don't know. Not without a, what, like a credit card, right? Yeah, I know. It's, so that's where does this back to? But like kids shouldn't be allowed to use, um, to, to participate in gambling because that's only for adults. We don't want them exposed to those vices. Let them wait till later before they have to deal with addictive elements of humanity, I guess. I don't know. You think if they're kids, you'd want to teach them young how to do this stuff responsibly, don't how you How to think? gamble and win. <laughs> well, no, no. How to cheat. No, 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 no. How to pay to win. <laughs> How to count cards. <laughs> All right. So Valisk in the chat clears up that there is a coin doubler in Forza 7. So there are these VIP cards you, cards you buy, and they double the amount of or increase the amount of credits you get. So, And then, of course, there's a whole GameFAQs thread that's like, oh, I make plenty of money without buying any of those cards. And, yeah, and argue, 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 argue. <laughs> I mean, I think Kelly's right. If If people would stop using it as much you know if only a fraction of people actually um use these systems and everybody else gave the developers so much crap for it I, then maybe we would see less of it instead of new ways of it being used and if only people bought fewer guns we'd have less gun violence but you know some things don't settle themselves without interactions from other people and, you know, like with Overwatch, some people don't want to play the game for hours on end to get the in-game currency and stuff to win stuff. So loot boxing is kind of the fast track to do it. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, I'm really bummed because I was all gung-ho about calling this stuff gambling and saying we should regulate it and give me my percentages. And now you guys have convinced me that it's not as big a deal. Darn. We're sorry. Sorry. Uh, I really think locking transact- transactions like that behind a pen number needs to happen so that people, either people with addictive personalities or people with kids can't get access to that kind what, of stuff without what, a password. How would, how would the pin number stop me from spending my own money? Well, you would have Anna set up the pin number for you and <laughs> she just wouldn't tell you. I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her about the pin number. I'm going to work around it. I'll get around it. I'm an adult. Sure. I can get around it. <sighs> it's just not a good practice 
period. I mean, it seems like a kind of step down for for gaming, maybe. Yes, it, more money for the for the companies, but I don't know. It's I, not I very classy. No. I don't mind it on free to play games because you know they're free and they have to make their money somehow. Stuff like Record Keeper, it doesn't bother me. But on sixty dollar games that I already paid for, it bothers the crap out of me. So I was actually considering going Forza Seven this generation instead of GT Sport, but now I will not be going Forza Seven with this particular progression structure. So um, it. I'm making a choice at least, so that's something. Let's see if it makes a difference. Eh. We have some editorials up on the site. Uh, if you, <laughs> can do we take user editorials still, or are they only staff now? No, I think they disappeared like the week before I joined the staff. Okay, so, <laughs> so uh, you can't write in and give your own loot box feelings, but you can join well, the site and then do it. <laughs> you can. Right on the forums. Oh, right into the podcast. Yeah. Is that that should be our question of the week. What do you, do you think about, of loot boxes? Yeah. How do you feel about loot boxes? Because yeah. like it or not, they're here to stay, yeah, unfortunately. You know. Well, for now at least. Um, unless, unless you know, <laughs> Republican senators decide, hey, let's distract people with loot boxes so they stop trying to restrict guns. <laughs> I mean, as much as I don't like them, at the same time, I don't want the government in my games either saying what can and can't be in them. Well, uh, they kind of already... Well, all right, you're right. I guess right now they're industry regulated. Okay, Blue yeah. Reflection review is up. You can go check that out. Um, and a God Wars review is up. And uh, Don't forget Battle Chasers. Well, it's not up yet. No, with just a little delay. It, it'll be up like very quick. All right. Uh, Blue Reflection. Oh, Magical Girl's Fruit Salad by Sam Wachter. She doesn't like it. Yeah. Okay. It's another one of Gust kind of going downhill. Oh, lame. Yeah. Then you wrote a God Wars review, and you like that. Yeah, I, I, I had a hard time keep, keeping the word count down on that one. I can't remember this one. Is this... Oh, you didn't read Pascal's first draft. <laughs> this this is the one that's uh, tactical RPG, small scale, set in ancient Japan. When did it come out? With like earlier this of, year, June, I think. In, yeah, end of June, early July, somewhere okay. in there. All right. God Wars Future Past. Yeah. Right, Ca- kind of got lost behind, you know, Fire Emblem and everything else coming out. Yeah, it really got buried. I ended up buying it as a defensive buy so that it wouldn't get too hard to find because it was a beta game. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went completely under the radar. The, this was one. The only reason I even had it was this was one of those weird ones where Amazon was reducing the pre-order price as you got closer to the pre-order. And I yeah. got it for like 22 bucks instead of the... 50 it's listed for what was uh, what was your take on it overall i i really liked it i mean it was there there's a lot of caveats to it, it it's you have to like a small scale a smaller scale strategy rpg there's only like five or six allies on a map and it had a really deep class system and like i really enjoyed the class system but it 
it is a game that is expecting you to spend a lot of time between missions, kind of managing your classes and making sure you're applying all your job points to all the different skills that you can level Ooh, up and swapping like between. That. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> I do like is that. it using a certain mythology? Oh, like yeah. Japanese mythology or? Yeah, it, it, as, as I was trying to write the review, it got complicated because there, it's mixing in like ancient Shintoism along with like the main character is actually a historical figure or well, as historical as anyone who lived in, you know, whatever 100 AD is. And like it, it's a really neat unique setting that you don't see it. You know, usually when you see historic Japanese, it's warring states periods. So it's interesting to see something so much further back and it ties in tons of Shintoism and the, the Shinto deities, but sometimes it can get, just be hard to tell like, okay, is that character a God? Is that character a regular person? What exactly are their motive? Yeah, it gets complicated a little bit, but the gameplay is really strong. Yeah. I think it's that, the mythology that's going to make me play it at some point. It was really cool. I mean, there's not many like 60, 80 hour games where I just don't get bored. No, at some it's another point. 60 to 80 hour game. Oh yeah. There's so many of those this year. I know. There's so <laughs> many. So how would you compare the battle system? Is it more final fantasy tactics or Disgaea? Closer to tactics. Okay. Chris, did you just add it to your like must play list? Yeah, this is my 2017 games I want to try to play list. Yeah, but oh man, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. I had to take a guess because for whatever reason, no, there's how no long timer beat, in the game. How long to beat suggests it's 82 hours based on well one submission. Yeah, I think that's probably me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something. <laughs> Good to know we're all on the same site. All right. <laughs> uh, Valis gets chat says, us. "Is it like uh, Fire Emblem?" No, it's no isometric. Isometric, smaller scale, you know, Fire Emblem's usually 10 to 15 characters on a map. Mm -hmm. Pretty, you know, decent sized maps, at least the modern ones. And this is quite a bit smaller maps. You're only talking like five or six characters that you control. And much more focused on the, you know, managing your characters, changing out their armor, changing classes, that kind of stuff than Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's gotten fairly streamlined at this point. It sounds like it's this game might have a, a demo, so that might help. It's sounding a lot like Vandal Hearts on the PS1. Oh, it looks like it too. Yeah. Because I think Vandal Hearts, you can only have four or five characters on the map, and that was very small and isolated. Oh, is there permadeath? No permadeath. Okay, good. You, you can revive game. characters if they die. <laughs> I it's really not... like the art style. In this game, yeah, yeah the the ma the battle maps look really cool. About the only other thing I would say is probably go with easy if you play it, because the only yeah. thing I could tell with the difficulty, pretty much it doesn't really change. 
spend more time kind of grinding on side missions to get enough XP and job points to level up. Oh, it's um, like it's like Fire Emblem Echoes. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I play all of my games on easy now just to kind of get through them quicker. You know, yeah, it I've does been... have some excessive loading on Vita. That's what I played. And there and there's no cross save, so you got to pick your pick your poison, either PS4 or Vita. All right. <laughs> Did I sell you on it, Chris? I don't know. Can I get lots of animals in my team? Yeah, there's lots of animals. Excellent. Are there kitties? <laughs> no kitties. Oh, uh, and that's a minus. <laughs> four out of ten. Oh, you know what I should do? I should go play Final Fantasy Tactics and like have an all chocobo party or something. I've never done. Yeah, that. you're gonna you're gonna screw yourself over. Oh yeah. Well, you won't be able to send your characters out on missions and stuff. Uh, no, but I don't. No, no. The people I'm playing with can be all chocobos in the battles, and then I have like all these other characters to go on missions, right? Maybe, okay. maybe I don't know. Well, I'll, you I'll have fun. you have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see what else we got. Uh, we got some briefs. Xenoblade Two had a combat demo. I like the idea of anything Xenoblade Two related being a brief. Um, apparently, there's a what Nintendo. I don't know where they put these details, but there is a giant info dump about how battle stuff works which i thought oh, they had the in... treehouse tumbler oh okay and i thought they had that in the direct i felt like there was a full tutorial of the game in that nintendo direct but um yeah if you want to read about d battle details you can um and the summary i've got from someone here it's a xenoblade game <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds like they didn't change much yeah it's got the same basic structure with how status effects and skills and stuff work so Uh, we have a couple other things. Stardew Valley on Switch has a bed bug. A bed bug. <laughs> That's Silicon Era's title. All right. Uh, what is it? If you send your farmer to sleep after a long day, when they go to sleep, which is when the game saves, the game will crash. If they reload the game in their last save file, they will find they need to repeat the same day. Yeah. All right. Um, so Groundhog Day. Yeah. And you can avoid that by save property and go through the next day. Uh, what? Oh, if you encounter it. Oh, okay. And you can never get past that day. Okay. Um, so just go back to sleep immediately or do an important task and go to sleep to try and get past it. They're going to patch it. So that's that. And Harvest Moon Light of Hope has got uh, a physical release announcement. So let's see what they say. No, Anna Marie is, is AFK. She had to go take care of a headache. Um, let's see. They have a physical release coming. The company's hoping to release a what? I don't know. This is really confusing. So let me, let me try this again. The company's hoping to release Light of Hope by the end of the winter. The PC version is coming along way faster than the other version. Um, it's unclear if it will release ahead of or at the same time as the console version. 
Um, what is certain is that the PS4 and Nintendo Switch versions will be available both digitally and physically. Uh, Harvest Moon Light of Hope will have festivals and apparently an unnamed one that has been apparent, uh, requested by fans. And there is a new Silky Donkey in the game. Ooh, Silky Donkey. And you get to sell its fur. So there's your Harvest Moon update. And we had question of the week. Um, it was, what gets you to buy a new console? So we have one post on the forums here from that. Victor says, I will buy a new game console if it has one game that I absolutely must play immediately. I bought a Wii U expressly for Paper Mario Color Splash because I am a lifelong Paper Mario fan. Of course, I remember everyone being really disappointed with that game, but I guess that doesn't matter. I thought it was... What? You got really you sound, echoey. You sound like you're in church. Oh, sorry. I don't know why. Let me see. Nope, <clears> I don't know why. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was Sticker Star that was the one that really disappointed people. I think they both disappointed people. Like, wasn't the issue in Color Splash is that every freaking character you interact with is just a toad? There's, like, no variety to your NPCs and stuff. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that was just one person's complaint. Sorry. Uh, we do have a voicemail as well. 608-729-4098. They called in and left this message. Uh, let's see if I can make this work right. Uh, clip. And... Play. That didn't work right. It's playing out of the speaker. Why would it do that? Okay. No, it's not working at all. So, good job with me with my... Oh, folks, I love audio technology. Oh, at least we're not a video podcast. Why is it not working? Come on. I've got the wrong cable plugged in. My cables look similar. I had the output plugged in rather than the input cable. That will actually cause problems. Let's try this now. Yeah, this is Matt uh, Orbida. Um, first off, my game of this uh, holiday is going to be either Divinity 2 or uh, Yakuza Kiwami. I'm putting Kiwami off because I just beat uh, Yakuza 0 and... I absolutely loved it, but it was uh, quite a lengthy game, so I'm going to put that off. And Divinity 2, of course, uh, I'm going to really need to focus on that before I start it. <clears throat> Second of all, uh, Kelly's been a great addition to the show. I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I love listening to her. And I'm not just saying that to be nice. I mean, I, I just, she's always playing something, and she always has an opinion to talk about it. So I'm, I always just, I really enjoy it. Uh, well, the show's great as always. Um Keep it up, Matt. All right. Given the answer to last week's question of the week there with what you're going to play 
uh, what's your big games for this holiday season? And uh, Kiwami and Divinity 2, which I agree with and, both those picks. And thank you for the compliment. That's yeah. made my week. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. They, yeah, They like me. They, they like you, Kelly. <laughs> Uh, and the rest of you just go screw off somewhere. No. <laughs> um, if you would like to leave some comments for the show, you can do it through one of three ways. Podcast at rpgamer.com. Post on the forums, which is probably the best way. Go to forums.rpgamer.com. Go to latest updates. You'll find the show thread right there. Or call us, 608-729-4098. We'll play, we'll play your call right here on the show, and just like we did with uh, Matt there. So... Tell us how you feel about loot boxes via one of those ways. And with that, we are into new releases. And this is when Chris realizes he forgot to prep the new releases section ahead of time. So give me a second here. We're going to do it live. Do it live. Do it live. All right. So switch wise. That should be a that should be a planned segment every time. It is. A Chris forgot to prep something. Yeah. What Chris's forgetfulness of the week. Oh, <laughs> that could be the theme song. Oh, no. All right. Oh, what do we got on the Switch? Oh, my gosh. They released a bunch of Switch games again, people. Jeez. Are any of these... Phantom Warriors is this week. I'm sorry? Phantom Warriors is this week. Phantom Dolores. Eh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Fire Emblem Warriors. Okay. That's this week. Okay, cool. Yep, Friday. All right. And then uh, as far as the downloadable stuff that would have hit yesterday, it looks like there's a roguelite survival game called Flame and the Flood. I don't know if that counts as an RPG. Uh, that's a puzzle game. That's Rogue Trooper. looks like, no, that's a shooter. Um, boo, 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 don't Knock Twice. What's that? No, horror game. Mm, that's a shooter. That's an adventure. That's a beat-em-up. That's a fighter. Um, oh, there's a demo for Oceanhorn, which is, that's a Zelda game. So if you're interested in that, go check that out on your Switch. And, oh, Etrian Odyssey 5's out, huh? Yep. Yay. That must just hit. So I feel like Oceanhorn is on a release list like every week somewhere. I know, because it's every platform. They port that thing everywhere. But they time it out so strategically that it's always in the news. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the way to do it. Yep. All right. Let's see, go over here. What do we got on PlayStation 4? Dungeons 3. Oh, is Dungeons 3 out? I didn't know that was coming out. So that's like uh, that's like Dungeon Keeper type stuff. Oh, man. That just hit. I have a copy of Dungeons 2, but screw that now. Dungeons 3. Kind of need to get that. How Dungeon Keeper is that? I don't really know. I never played Dungeon Keeper, and I've only played like an hour of Dungeons 2 uh, and thought, I okay. should get into this. This is kind of cool, and never have. It's kind of real-time strategy in that you're like, you know, sending people to mine and then build more places in your dungeon and set up traps and stuff, and then people might try to invade you, and you hope all your traps will keep them stopped. And I don't uh, know how Dungeon Keeper that is because I never really played Dungeon Keeper. But everyone tells me it was amazing. Yeah, Dungeon Keeper is my favorite PC game of all time. I should go back and just try one of those so I know what people are talking about. Um, if you're going to get on, get it on GOG I and have try it on GOG. Yeah. Um, do two because if you try 
um, one is good, but two improved a lot of stuff, and it's hard to go back. Okay, so I'll do two, skip one. Got it. Um, all right, on the PS4, we also have Gran Turismo Sport coming out. I know that's not an RPG, but uh, the wheels roll, so that counts as role-playing. Um, South Park, the Fractured Butt Hole is coming, so that's uh, that's a big deal for people who are fans of the first South Park game. We'll get to see if they were able to make it happen twice. Um, and we talked about all that. Uh, oh, I see. Oceanhorn wasn't just a demo. It's just out for the first time now on the Switch. So, yep. I thought that that had been out for the Switch for a while. Well, you know, may- maybe, maybe not. Maybe I just the this list that I'm looking at right now makes mistakes sometimes. So okay. Uh, the Wii U, nothing that matters. Xbox One, of course, also getting Dungeons Three and Fractured But Whole. Uh, 3DS, we talked about Etrian Odyssey 5. Um, on PC, Dungeons 3, Holy Potatoes, What the Hell, if you're into the Holy Potatoes game. This is the newest one, where you're taking the souls of sinning potatoes and turning them into meals for the gods. Yes, it's kind of weird. Um, South Park, Fractured But Whole, also coming to PC. And, all right. And Elix is no Fiji as well. Say what? Elix is no Fiji. Elix? Oh. All right, what is Elix? E L E X. It's on Steam. I developed it. It is from uh, Piranha Bytes, published by Does THQ it. Nordic. It is a handcrafted action role-playing experience from the award-winning creators of the Gothic series. Oh, there's some high praise. Set in a brand new post-apocalyptic science fantasy universe that puts players into a huge seamless game world full of original characters, mutated creatures, deep moral choices, and powerful action. Uh, it's out on the 17th. I have no idea of its quality. Um, do you know more about this one, Alex, now that you remember it? Nope. Okay. I have no idea of its quality either. It looks Skyrim-y. I guess being a gothic game, that makes sense, huh? Um, yeah, but you can have jetpacks and oh, guns with, and stuff. Oh, okay. All right. Skyrim with jetpacks sounds like a good premise. So let's see how that goes. Look to reviews on that one. And over uh, also, here. I might have been lying. I'm not sure. <laughs> so maybe no jetpacks after all. Jetpacks not guaranteed. Um, yeah. This week we mentioned Fire Emblem Warriors and uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition. Ooh, what's up with that? And the two Fire Emblem Warriors uh, amiibos come out too. Oh, Fire Emblem Warrior amiibos! Get your amiibos now, folks. Commentiki. Yep. All right. Oh, Anna's gonna make me buy those amiibos. Woo! Well, isn't isn't Tiki her waifu? Yes. One of. All right, I think that's it, folks. We we got through a show. So I need to ask you some questions, folks. What are you gonna play, Kelly? What are you playing this week? I'm gonna be playing a lot of Stardew Valley on the road tomorrow, and finishing up. Monster Hunter stories and hopefully starting a Trian Odyssey five. That's a big list. Pascal, yep. what are you into? Uh Dungan Rumpa. And I'm gonna try some more Monster Hunter stories. Okay. Myself, I'm gonna finish up golf story probably. Um Final Fantasy fourteen will probably get most of my attention with the new patch and then Divinity Original Sin two for whenever I get sick of fourteen because I like Divinity. Um Alex, what are you into? And get through as much golf story as possible for 
Phylum Demorius, and then more either Lightning or Chaos Child. All right. And Josh? Uh, it's probably going to be Ease 8. Hopefully I can finish that next week and uh, more Danganronpa when I'm not doing that. All righty. Cool. That's what we're into. I hope you at home have plenty of options, which you should, <laughs> to enjoy playing right now and that you get a chance to do so. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying fall and that it's not awful so far. So a couple weeks till Halloween. Get ready. I just hope it starts getting colder soon. Um, oh, right. I'm doing Extra Life this year. So I want to plug my Extra Life. Um, if you go to extralife.com slash something slash cprivateer, um, search for me on Extra ex What? I don't know how to get to my Extra Life page. I used to have a shortcut for this. Oh, man. Aren't oh. you collaborating with somebody this year? Yeah. The Extra Life's website is down. Oh, no. It's .org. <laughs> I'm going to .com and it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? So if you go to extra-life.org uh, and search for Chris Privateer, um, sorry about having to know how to spell my name, you'll find my page. Um, it's I am I'm gonna go uh, hang out on the PS Nation stream. Anna and I just don't have the bandwidth to pull off a stream of our own this year and and do all that planning and streaming and the stress of managing large campaigns. So we're kind of doing a low-key extra life. Um, I'm going to plug it here on the podcast and, and hit all my, my relatives and stuff. But uh, So I'm just looking to make 500 bucks this year, and I'm wondering if you could help me hit that. Um, I'm trying to uh, – I am I am playing in support of Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. I'm going to be hanging out with all the PS Nation folks over on their stream. We'll be in Glenn's house. Uh, it should be a fun time. Uh, I hope you come and say hi. Uh, I know that I will not be the primary player on that stream, so I'm sh I might get a chance to play an RPG for a while, but um, there'll be a lot of rotating, I believe, um, and a lot of PlayStation focus. So good thing uh, that's where all the RPGs are, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be November 5th, I believe, is Extra Life Day this year. Oh, no, November 4th, sorry. And so that's just three weeks away, so I'm hoping you can help me. Uh, raise some money for that so go do that i've i've chipped in some money because people made phone calls as i requested i did a little shout out for extra life funds in the uh the comment for the podcast a couple weeks ago and so a bunch of people called in and so i had to uh, donate five bucks for every call maybe i should keep that going till the end of extra life i don't know um yeah i don't know anyone else gonna do extra life no, no right. I usually don't have time. I just donate. And uh, nah. yeah, all right. This year I'm going to do it the hard way. So 24 straight hours. Ugh. I've been really enjoying the last couple of years where we split it up into two twelves. I just don't feel like garbage by the end of the weekend. <laughs> but no, going to go back to the hard mode. See if I can stay up all night. Um, yeah, and uh, go donate now. And I'll put a link to my page in the in the show notes in the uh, and in the uh, the forum thread. So. Hopefully I'll help you find the uh, find the thing. So please help me help heal kids. All this money goes towards treatments and services and medical equipment and charitable care. So uh, it's a really good cause and you're helping kids and you're helping them get better. And so they can live to play some games of their own. So please help and uh, join us on Extra Life. Or at least spread the word. Get, get people, you know, who have money to help donate. And uh, yeah. Or sign up for yourself. Uh, join the PS Nation team. Um, 
I don't know if someone else made an RP Gamer team. I'd be totally fine with that if they did. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at right now. And uh, yeah, extra life. Um, I'll keep plugging it here, plugging it on the Twitters. So hopefully you won't get too sick of it. Um, help me heal those kids, and then I'll shut up. And uh, hopefully next year we pull off something bigger. We'll see. Um, oh, yeah, and if you have suggestions for what you want to see me play on Extra Life, assuming I get to have some stream time, put them in the forum threads, and I will note those down and try to play through those. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, that's our show, folks. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Um, until then, 608-729-4098 the the number podcast.rpgamer.com forums.rpgamer.com follow us on follow us on twitter facebook youtube go to the website comment on the website and we'll see you next week 9 a.m pacific noon eastern right here on twitch.tv slash rpgamer goodbye everybody goodbye goodbye Bye. Bye.